Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is the Midday Show. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Philly. Hey, everybody. Keep your head on the swivel. I don't know if y'all saw the uh, the Cam Newton uh, video where he got jumped at his 707. Hey, good thing Cam had his head on the swivel because if he didn't, he'd be on his back right about now. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, and he didn't. his hat didn't even come off. A brawl uh, breaking out at Cam Newton's 7-on-7 <laughs> camp. Man. I mean, what, what, what Somebody happened wasn't happy. I don't know because I know he does it every year. And, and when I saw the video, the first thing that I thought, I was like, Cam ain't no little dude. Like, he's not a little dude. And for you guys to sit there and, and try to jump him and, and unsuccessfully jump him, good thing he had his head on swivel. So I'm just saying, I, I know nobody's at work today worried about getting jumped at anything, but I'm just saying, at just as, as a precaution, keep your head on the swivel. That's good advice all the time. Keep you know your I mean? head keep on the swivel. Keep your head on swivel, man. Keep you, your head on swivel. You never know what's coming here. Never know what's coming. Uh, but if you want to get in, start the show. 215-592-9494 is how you join in. And obviously, big topic, still discussing a lot of fallout from the A.J. Brown interview with the afternoon show on Friday. And we'll get to every different aspect of it throughout the course of the show today. But as we're looking at this thing here, kind of want to project this and how it kind of makes you feel about things moving forward. And that's where we'll start today. Is did the A.J. Brown interview with the afternoon guys, Jack and Ike, on Friday, does it make you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward? And if you want to get into 215-592-9494, what about you, Hugh? After the hearing what A.J. Brown had to say on Friday with Jack and Ike, does it make you feel better or worse about the Eagles? I, I feel better about AJ. I've, I've never felt bad about him, but I, I felt good that he finally got his side of the story out there. Now, I know that there's still a lot to unpack. And a lot of times you will be told that, you know, the best thing to do in situations like this is not say anything. But I think he just had to. AJ is a prideful person, man. And for me, it played out exactly like I always thought it did. I never thought AJ was the guy that he was portrayed to be in the media by, by certain members of, of uh, you know, the fan base and things of that nature. And 
it was clear that everything that was seeing, being said about him bothered him. So he just came on in the best of his ability. Like, he tried to let it go for as long as he could, you know, doing all the petty tweets and stuff like that. Yep. He well, do it. some of them allegedly weren't him. Oh, man, yeah. Clear that Listen, up. Yeah. Allegedly. And I'm going to let him live with that one. But, you know, he did kind of. I mean, I get it because I'm petty. And I get in trouble every day <laughs> for for some of the things that, that I say or, or want to say on Twitter. So I, I know exactly where he's coming from when it's that, especially when people are attacking your character. So I respect him in that sense, man. He got tired of it. And, you know, even though he gave people more cannon fodder, I do uh, respect the fact that he came on and cleared the air as much as he possibly could. So overall, you feel a little better about it. Yeah, I feel a little better about it. Yeah. 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 I I feel like this, TK. It's repairable. It's repairable. You just got to sit down and you got to talk about it, man. There is nothing that, you know, time and communication can heal, in my opinion. I mean, sometimes it takes a little bit more time and a little bit more communication, but I think that they're still there. And I think the bottom line that what I gather from what he was talking about, he wants to win, man. You know, when you're, when you're driven to win, you'll make some serious sacrifices, and I, I feel like he's, he, he will do that. He will do what's needed to be done in order to get to where he wants to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, do you feel better about the Eagles after hearing age from A.J. Brown on Friday? And you hope that's the fallout of this. Now, the way I look at this thing here – I respect AJ for calling in. A lot of guys say they'll do that. AJ actually did it. So respect to him for that. But I certainly don't feel better about the situation because, you know, regardless of what AJ had to say, it doesn't change anything. Like, it doesn't change the fact that this team fell apart at the end of the year. It doesn't change the fact that AJ wasn't a huge part of the offense down the stretch. And one thing that worried me coming into this season, Hugh, after 2022, when things came so easily to this team is how would they react when dealing with adversity? And they didn't react well this year. And I don't think AJ reacted well to adversity this year. One of the things that he mentioned is, you know, not wanting to talk to the media because he thought it would make things worse if he did. I actually think it made things worse that he didn't speak to the media uh, and open things up to speculation. But if this is how, like, this team deals with adversity... That worries me moving forward that you lose six out of seven and there are potentially issues behind the scenes and there is this, I guess, sensitivity to criticism, not just from AJ, but other guys in the locker room. That's what worries me. And that's why I look at it and I don't feel better about it. Uh, I look at it like this, TK. This was this was uncharted territory for a lot of guys. And I would say, you know, and this is not an excuse. But this is probably what it was. A lot of people didn't know how to handle adversity because they weren't used to it coming in the form that it came in. Now, I would say for AJ, for him to be in in Tennessee and having that fan base and, and being what it was down here, down there, to having the success that he had here in Philadelphia and then having the success that he had early on in the season to going from the guy that everybody loved to somebody that's perceived as a cancer – that's a that's a broad spectrum to have to deal with in such a short period of time. Absolutely. Because think about it like this, TK. Six weeks into the season, he was that guy. He was he was loved and adored by everybody. And then all of a sudden, one blow up on the sideline left all of us to speculate on his relationship with Jalen. Now we let it go because they were winning. But as the team started to slide, a lot of people Pointed back to that moment. Oh, there, there it was right there. That's where it went bad. A.J. Brown's the problem. And given the history of what we've had to deal with 
from receivers, that's the easy person to pick on. And he had to sit there and he had to take that. On, and on top of that, his play started to dwindle. So now he's dealing with that and he's trying not to say nothing. He's trying to be a good teammate and all this other stuff. And he's trying to hang in there. But all of this is going on at once. And now he's being blamed for the team's problems. That's a lot of weight. It is. It's it a is. lot of weight. It is, definitely. And if you want to get into one five five nine two nine four nine four, and yeah, I, I just hope that it doesn't go this way again next year because odds are they're going to lose some games. They're going to face some adversity. It just worries me after seeing what happened this year with AJ, what happened with the rest of the team. How are they going to deal with that kind of stuff moving forward? And I want to get your take on this, Kyle. Kyle Quinn producing the show today. How do you feel after the interview, Kyle? Do you feel better or do you feel worse about the Eagles after hearing AJ speak? I definitely don't feel worse. I I think really the perspective that I came into this whole thing with was like, I just want answers. This whole time, I wanted answers about why the season collapsed the way it did. What was going on with with some of the cryptic answers or the you know the non answers that we got from guys, uh, including like AJ Brown about his relationship with Jalen Hurts, how the locker room was, stuff like that. Like, I, I would say if anything, I feel a little bit more enlightened, and I, I would get I would say that AJ brought something I guess to my attention that I didn't really fully consider because we talk a lot about how we want Jalen Hurts to be more of a vocal leader. And all that stuff. But if he's not going to be, and A.J. Brown is going to step up and be that guy, like, I mean, that at least provides a little more clarity to some of the things that I I had questions about toward the end of the season. So I guess I would say that I feel more enlightened about what went down, or at least sort of where A.J.'s mindset is at, where his headspace is. Uh, than I did before, which I, I would definitely say makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we did get some answers to questions that we've wanted the answer to, and I do think that was one of the most important parts of this thing here. And one of the questions that we all kind of had going into this offseason is, you know, does A.J. want to be in Philadelphia? You know, there's the situation with the Kay Adams interview a couple weeks ago where it was not totally clear, but here was A.J. on Friday when asked about his future and whether he wants to be in Philadelphia. Your state of mind, your, your, your happiness with being an Eagle currently and moving forward. Let's, let's start with that one about your feelings about being a Philadelphia Eagle now and for the foreseeable future. I have no problem. I want to be here. It's as simple as that. I, I love where I'm at. It's as simple as that. Next question. And, Hugh, I think we can all agree that's a positive. The fact that he wants to be here, said it definitively, that's something we all wanted to hear. Yeah, that, that is what we all were speculating. You know, and a lot of people have been speculating whether or not, uh, you know, he he deserves to be here. I think he does. I think this team is a totally different team if A.J. Brown isn't here. And I also think that whatever these problems are, they can be resolved with communication. Like, the thing that I think that I know for a fact is this. Winning trumps everything. Winning championships. I think that the guys that we've assembled on this football team, and he's one on A.J. Brown, Wants to win a championship. He he got a taste of what it felt like, two things, to be in a city where he's adored and has a tremendous amount of success and a taste of what it's like to be in a Super Bowl, be one of the last two teams playing. Dude, that's infectious. And when you get to that point, like there are certain things that you're willing to, 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 to forego in order to get back to that. And I don't think that whatever these issues are, that they're so egregious that these guys can't get it together and get back on track. That's why I've been so bullish. Like, I know this us defense is bad. It's horrible. <laughs> they, need, they need some talent. I get that. But the way that this offense is constructed, if you, if you put the right people in place and you put them 
you put them in position to be successful, I think this offense could be virtually unstoppable. This could be almost as the, the equivalent to the greatest show on turf when they were good. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, they have they have all the talent. Yeah. There's no question about that. And that is, I, I think, a unanimously shared opinion. We all want A.J. Brown here, and with him, the Eagles are a much better team. Now, here's a little more from A.J. talking about some of the locker room dynamics toward the end of last season. You, you said that uh, you guys gave us the answers for what happened on the stretch run. In, in your estimation, what do you think that what, – what is the answer? What do you think happened for that to happen, and, and is this locker room okay? Yeah, the locker room is fine. Uh, like I said earlier uh, in the season, or after the season, whatever, I just said players wasn't executed, like I said in the interview. That's what it came down to. I think the media kind of ran with the coaches. The coaches fault. The coaches didn't prepare us and this and that. I never blame the coaches. I'm, I'm not the person to blame the coach. I'm not trying to blame anyone. You know, uh, I, I'm the guy who's going to look in the mirror and going to challenge everybody else. Like, it was the players not executing, and that's what happened. And if you look back closely – I said it a few few seconds ago that we were playing like the best team in the league. No, we wasn't. We may have had the best record in the league, but we wasn't playing like the best team in the league. It was like that all year. Yeah. But we was, we were scratching away again, win. And so when stuff started to really unravel and stuff like that, stuff started uh, to not go as planned. Then you saw you saw what was happening. And then, like I said earlier, it was a domino effect, and it was trying to stop the bleed. And it was just everything was just going too fast at that point. Now, I thought that answer was really enlightening, Hugh, when he talks about, yeah, they were 10-1, and 1, but they weren't playing their best football. And that's kind of the stuff we saw, but it was nice to hear a player on the team actually admit, yeah, we weren't as good as our record indicated. Yeah, that and, and that was obvious, and, and they were trying to fix it. I think the biggest thing that, that I took from that is that he's trying to be as forthcoming as he, as he can and still not throw the team under the bus. There's a lot that, you know, I, like I, I haven't heard the whole interview in its entirety yet. I had a, I, I missed it a couple times that they played it Friday, but I haven't heard it his entirety yet. But what I gathered from what he was saying was he's still trying to fix whatever the problem is in this locker room, and he's trying not to throw anybody under the bus, which is fine. I, I have no problem with that. And at the same time, he's defending his position and, and what people are saying about him. That has to be tough, man. A.J. is dealing with, to me, the uh, stigma of the, of the position, you know, the stigma of, of being a receiver in the NFL, being a guy who's a passionate player who has been lumped into to unfortunately for us the the uh, the history that we've had with diva receivers yes you know and, <laughs> we and, have had a history and, and and see this is where i employ everybody to just think for yourself on this one because the problem is this it's easy to look at him and say oh he reminds me of to must be a to thing uh i never got that I never got that from when I heard him speak, the way that I, like I've been around him a few times, his demeanor. I never got that. Now, he's a receiver. He has receiver dividum in him, but he's not that guy that I feel that is going to be perceived to, to, to fragment the locker room. He's not an A.B. Because I, I, I won't even say T.O. Because I think when, when, you, when you think about what T.O. went through, T.O. felt more disrespected than anything. Right. And that's why it, it went the way that it did. A.B., it's just he's just a different animal. Yeah. It's and and and, and that's why I say he's not uh he's not that. No. AJ Brown is not that. No, I agree. I, I don't think AJ's one of those guys either. Now, I do think when you see him and Jalen Hurts or him and a coach kind of arguing or disagreeing on the sideline, that's obviously gonna lead to speculation. Now, I don't think it necessarily, like you said, means he's TO or 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 a receiver like that, 
But he did talk about that. AJ talked about kind of his leadership role and how he's perceived. Here's what he had to say. I'm not trying to change the media. I know I know it's going to be like this or whenever. It's going to be like this. And, and it's going to be like this when I leave. But uh, but I just I just truly just feel like I'm just misunderstood as, as a player, as a person. And, and, you know, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating because anything I say, anything I do, it gets magnified times 10. I'm classified as a diva. I want the ball and this and that, blah, blah, blah. When, 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 when honestly, it's the other way around. When it's the other way around, most importantly, like you see, you see, you see me getting upset on the sideline, um, and, and you automatically think it's about it's about targets. No, no. What if what if I'm holding my players accountable? Mm-hmm. What if what if I'm the guy that pushes pushes everybody in the locker room, make people uncomfortable to try to better themselves for the team? What if I'm that guy? You don't you don't see it as much. You don't see it as much from um, from Jalen because that's not his personality. And I, I get that, and I get it must be extremely frustrating to be in AJ's shoes and, and see it from his perspective and be called a diva or be called selfish about targets and stuff like that, and it's got to be be frustrating, but we also don't know everything. We're just speculating off we see what we see, and when your numbers go that far significantly down and we see issues on the sideline and stuff like that, it just leads to speculation. Yeah, I think, I think part of that was the fact that his numbers went down. I mean, I mean, and I know he's trying. That's what I'm saying. That's why I believe that he's trying to repair this relationship as best he possibly can. Because, man, I don't, I don't know a receiver that had the kind of year that he was having, started out, that would not feel some type of way because this, this offense is not figuring out a way to get him involved. I respect him for trying to, to, to put that fire out. But the fact of the matter is it is what it is. Like, this offense suffered when he suffered. That's a direct correlation for whatever reason. I don't know if that was by design, <clears throat> excuse me, by design or whatever it was. But the fact of the matter is, when he stopped getting targets and stopped catching the ball and making things happen, this offense suffered. Hopefully, Coach Goober comes in and he changes that. That's a big deal, man. I respect the fact that he came on and the best of his ability tried to clean it up as much as he possibly could. I really respect that. Yeah, fair enough. 215-592-9494. Your reaction to the A.J. Brown interview and looking forward here, does it make you feel better or does it make you feel worse about the Eagles moving forward? Hugh says it makes him feel better. I think worse. Kyle thinks better, but would love your take on it as well. 215-592-9494. Let's get started on the phones with Jamil. What's up, Jamil? Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? Hello? You there, Jamil? Yeah, yeah, we got him here. Oh. <laughs> you there, Jamil? Jamil, what you got, man? Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? I love your show. I love WIP, and I appreciate you pushing me up for it because I got a vent. What you got, dog? WIP is a heartbeat of Philly sports. We listen to y'all. We listen to the games, and I just want to put out there that I know AJ Brown. AJ Brown is, is sounding real sensitive. We put up with decades upon decades of losing seasons, Cowboys and Steeler fans throwing in our face that we never won a Super Bowl. We know what we did. We put it up. We put up. And I just want to sum up real quick. A.J. Brown, you need to watch two movies, and I just want to recommend this. Start off with Rocky and end off with State P. State property, state property. if, I, if you not state, state property. <laughs> never seen state yeah. property. You never because seen no, state property. Seen down or Come on, down. man. That's a that's a that's a Philly staple. Uh, Beanie Seagull. I'll, I'll, I'll look, on, I'll look it up during the break. I'll watch state property tonight. 
Might but be on two. I just wanted to just point out the heartbeat of WIP because I feel like there's a lot of slander. I've been listening on Twitter. I've been seeing social media. They talk about how toxic. I don't like using that word when it comes to WIP. Uh, they, yeah, I got you, Jamil. I, I appreciate the call. But, yeah, I think, you know. Cricket, when, that cricket when it, dropped on it. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, you know, the the, the reaction to the season, when the team loses six out of seven, the reaction yeah, is going to be negative. Listen, I don't know I, what, I don't, what you I, want I, us I to say. I don't, I don't subscribe to that toxic. Listen, we all are grown-ass men, and we take what we need from everything. Sports radio and all platforms such as this are meant for entertainment. Take from it what you must and, and leave what you don't need. That's what I'll say to people like that. If you feel like it's toxic, then I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you should start thinking for yourself and let and stop letting other people formulate your opinion for you. Exactly, man. And we react to what we see. And when we see a, when we're watching a playoff game where, you know, Troy Aikman is throughout the game questioning the team's effort and saying, Well, it doesn't look like these guys are really here tonight. It doesn't seem like those guys' hearts are really in it. And we're questioning the effort and you're getting your butt kicked by the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, you can't be that upset about the media for that. This, this is this is why this is what I always try to do, me personally. Like I like number one, I never try to make it personal because I, I've been on the other side of that. I've been a player and I know how that made me feel when it happened. I always try to be informative. And as long as my message is mirrored by what's being said nationally, I'm okay with that. Now, if you don't like it, then that's on you, and you see it differently. I, I can't stop you from seeing it that way. But when I watch football and I see that there's something fundamentally wrong, like I said, to me, it was a direct correlation between his, his play falling off and this offense not executing. And I don't think anybody outside that watched the games didn't look at that moment when him and Jalen had whatever they had on the sideline and say, hey, maybe that was what it was. Now, I never thought that A.J. was the cancer or, or, or whatever else that he was betrayed to be. I never thought that because it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like that was the energy that he was giving off. He never came off as a me guy. Now, he came off as a guy that wanted to win football games and wanted to get the football. But somewhere along the line, this offense was disconnected. And again, I'll say it like I said last week. We still ain't figured out what it was. No. We still don't know. We have a little better idea. I think he shed some light on some things. Yes. There's still a lot that we don't know about but what I went feel, down there. But this is why I feel better, because I feel like it's repairable. Because he didn't come over here and he didn't spit fire and venom. He was mad at the media, which, you know, I get why he was mad. Because, you know, I mean, you know, hell, I listen to the station. And I know he was probably mad at certain individuals, but that's okay. But it, it's one of those things where... I felt like he felt that no matter what it was that happened, it can be repaired. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what I got from it. Whatever he felt was going on during the course of the season, he wasn't going to allow it to fester. That's why I feel good about it, man, because he could have easily came on here and he could have flamed everybody. Right. For, 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 he could have came on and he could have told you exactly what was going on in the locker room because he was in there. He chose not to do that. To me – that's a consummate teammate. He still believes in his, his teammates. He still believes in that philosophy. He still believes in that locker room. And that's what made me feel good about it because he didn't say a damn thing. And that's definitely a positive. Now, what would worry me, what concerns me, is that 
if this is what happens when you start losing and you start to take criticism and you deal with adversity this way, uh, I worry about how that projects into next season. But want to know, do you feel better or worse about the Eagles after what A.J. Brown had to say on Friday? 215-592-9494. When we get back, get to your calls. Also, more from A.J. And on his relationship specifically with Jalen Hurts, our takeaways from that coming up. Tom Kelly and for Joe Giglio along with Hugh Douglas today. This is the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today, alongside Hugh Douglas, it's the Midday Show, talking about A.J. Brown and his interview with the Afternoon Show from Friday. Ooh, there was fire. There was a lot of fire here. Does it make you feel better or worse moving forward about the Eagles? I got got to hear it, though, Tom, because, like, I I caught it. Like, I had my son. I had to pick up my son Friday, right? Mm -hmm. So, I heard it. Like, this is how it went down for me. I heard him teasing it. Okay. Right. Talking about, hey, yeah, hopefully he might be calling in, yada, yada, yada. So go pick up Harper. We get in the car. They had already played the video. I mean, the, the audio. Excuse me. So then I'm trying to text Ike, and I'm texting him. And I'm like, dog, you got to run it back. At least, like, they were talking about it, so I got, like, bits and pieces. So they they ran it back, I think, about 5.30. And I missed that because Harper was hungry. So I missed both play- airings of the video. Well, or the audio. I keep saying video. Why the hell I keep saying video? Well, yeah, yeah uh-huh. you're not on video, but uh-huh. there'll be a. We'll, we'll play all the sound today. And how I experience it, I'm home, you know, with my kids on Friday, and I just get onto Twitter for a second, and I see uh, AJ Brown has called into WIP. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I got to fire this up right now. And it was, I mean, it was incredible. Great job by Jack and Ike with the interview, getting the answers. Jack was a little nervous questions. though. Jack, Jack <laughs> sounded like he was a little nervous. He was a little. He was like, you know. The best part of that interview was Jack Skelmore question. I mean, let's be honest. That that part of it was See, awesome. I didn't hear that. I heard I heard about it, but I didn't hear, so I can't wait to hear the the, the uh I was about to say it again. The audio well, in its entirety. No, it was a great interview. They got the answers out of AJ that everybody wanted to know. And I thought AJ shed some light on what happened here with the Eagles. Now, I don't feel better about it. I actually feel worse considering, you know, if this is the way this team is going to deal with adversity, if this is the way AJ is going to deal with with criticism because criticism's going to come like when uh, the team loses back-to-back games it's not all going to be positive that worries me moving forward but Hugh as you said you feel better about it after what AJ said. Yeah, I feel like, you know, he doesn't have to tell me everything because I'm not supposed to know everything. But the one thing that he told me, well, the one thing that that it, it made me feel like that whatever this was that it can't be repaired. And that's the biggest thing for me is that this relationship can be repaired. Because I, I equate it to, like, say your, your relationship with your wife is significant other. Like, when you're done, you tend to tell everything about the relationship and how bad it was and all this other stuff. When you still feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, you tend to keep those things to yourself. That's a good comparison. I mean, it, I mean you know, I've been through, been through a couple of these before, man, you know, these, these relationships. <laughs> so I kind of know, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you start talking bad about somebody... And talk about, oh, he let the toilet seat down or he he folded the toilet paper the wrong way or whatever. He had it going the wrong way. Now you know it's over because yeah. they, they're burning the bridge. He didn't burn the bridge. He didn't burn the bridge. So that that to me feel, makes me feel like there's still hope. And that's all that I care about, that he there's still hope. He doesn't want to move into his own place. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He, ain't trying to, he ain't trying to figure out who's going to get custody of the dog 
or who's going to get the favorite chair or none of that. He's still trying to work it out. So I, I respect that. That's good. Uh, and that, that should make everybody feel better, at least that part of it. 215-592-9494. Uh, did, do you feel better after the A.J. Brown interview on Friday? In a few minutes, we'll get to some interesting sound on A.J. and his relationship with Jalen Hurts. That's coming up. First, let's go back to the phones. Chris in Middletown. What's up, Chris? Good morning, fellas. What's up, What's man? up, man? Yo, TK. Hey, Chris, what's going in, on? Sitting in the seat there. Uh, I, I hope you're not breaking that chair because, you know, the guy that sits there. He over here running yeah. things. Yeah. He over here running things. I'm a little I'm a little heavier than Joe, so it's got a little more yeah. weight to support. Yeah. Where, where's he at? He, he out looking at lawns? Is that what he's doing? No, Joe, Joe had to take care of some, he had to take care of some business, man. He'll be back tomorrow. Though. He, he, all right, he, all right. So, hey, l- listen, um, Here's the solution. I called you. I told you guys this last week. You remember? You know, you and I were talking no feelings. We were talking facts, right? Yes. Man to man. So what we decided was, you know, we got to pull an Andy Reeves. So we got to cut somebody. So I said, listen, there's a problem going on here, and you got to get rid of somebody. And listen to AJ Brown interview. I know who that person is. So who we got to get rid of? Because we got to make peace here. Got to get rid of Howard Eskin. You got to get rid of him. Got to go. <laughs> why, why are we getting rid of Howard, Chris? I, I don't know how that's your you take. Exactly. AJ was AJ was not very happy with Mister 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 Howard. You know. So now it came from Howard Spike, but it, it it came from Spike, but it, it had to do with Spike reacting to his father and the way it sounded was when when Spike went off, it sounded like he was lecturing AJ, but he was really le- lecturing Pop. So I say we I say we got to trade Howard. All right. On a serious note, guy, what, guys, what I took from that interview was this. I loved AJ coming out and doing that. First of all, how many pro athletes now would have the cojones to come on uh, Sports Talk Radio and address the facts? They wouldn't. They would cower behind their keyboard, or they would go and they'd start throwing bombs through the media, throwing their dicks. Dude, I give that man credit, dude. He manned up and was like, yo, y'all want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Let's get the facts straight. So I love that. Huge shout-out, a lot of respect for him for that. The fact that he came on the show shows you how much he cares about this team and the fact that our question was, does he really want to be here? If he didn't want to be here, he went and went through that. So that answers that question. The sideline thing was, to me, one of the biggest, wow, I didn't think about that. We kept thinking it's the receiver crying for the ball, where really he probably was calling out Jalen being like, yo, bro. You got to do this. You got to do that. And he was getting up in his ear and and his passion, the way he spoke about that, that gave me a lot of credit. And then to him, and then the last thing is the whole Jalen thing. The fact that he didn't throw his boy under the bus. I think he was right. You know, he tends to be right on these things. Um, I think there's something going on. There might be a little rumblings going on, but he's not about to air the dirty laundry. He ain't want a divorce. He don't want to break up with her yet. Um, but he also defended him. And he was like, look, man, Jalen's Jalen. You know, that's cool. I'm cool with him being who he is. Um, you know, probably some other guys in there that have an issue, but he, he didn't back down from any of it. So, overall, guys, I liked it. I mean, what more could we have wanted from him? He said he wants to be here. He wouldn't have done all this. I, I love his passion. I love the fact that he didn't cower from it. He's like, yo, we got something to say. Let's talk about it. I don't know, guys. No, that's Chris, all I got. Uh, I hear you, man. appreciate the call. And, yeah, I think that part of it, is admirable because a lot of players, and you know, Hugh, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'd love to call in and talk about this. Many won't actually do it. I think AJ does deserve a lot of respect and credit for standing behind what he said on Twitter and coming in and calling the show. Tremendous amount of respect, man. I mean, because that that's hard to do, you know, and I'm pretty sure that there were people in this camp telling him, no, don't, you can't help yourself. 
you know, and there's still going to be people that hear what you have to say and they're going to pick it apart. You know, they're going to they're they're going to look at you and say, well, well, he didn't address this and he didn't do that or whatever. I mean, that's fine. You address it to, to me well enough so that I believe that you're still all in with this football team. And that's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, and that was a really important part of this. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And the the last caller had mentioned the stuff between he and Jalen Hurts, and that was another element of this that we really wanted to get the answer to because there's been you know some, I guess, reporting, speculation, whatever you want to call it out there, regarding Jalen and AJ's relationship. First off, here was Ike asking if anything was going on between he and Jalen toward the end of the season. The relationship between you and Jalen, right? I, I, I remember last year when you, uh, maybe it was the year before that, when you got traded for and you and Jalen FaceTiming each other and we know how close you guys are and everything of that nature. And it just seems from the outside that maybe there could be something with you two's relationship and whether or not that's an issue. Your, your, what do you say to that? You know, I think that's total BS. You know, I'm not going to get into me and his relationship uh, on the air, but it's total BS. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it wasn't It wasn't a problem when I was on my six-game six game streak. They, it wasn't they wasn't talking about that then. So they, they only started talking about that when we started losing. So, of course, yeah, you see friction. You see friction from everybody, from, from the coaches, the players, from everybody. So, yeah, so there you go. And that's good to hear. It's good to hear that there's not issues from at least AJ's side with Jalen, but – like, there's a reason we're not going to ask about it when you're putting up, you're, you're in that six-game stretch where it's 125-plus yards every game. Obviously, we're going to ask more questions when your play on the field decreases. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like you said, it's, it, everything is all good when you're winning. When you're losing, that's what we all pointed to. Uh, again, I point to the fact that he didn't go into it. So that, that relationship is repairable in my mind. You can fix that. That's all that matters to me. I don't need to know the intricacies of him and Jalen Hurts' relationship as long as he feels like we can fix this and get back on our winning ways. That's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, and honestly, I don't like I don't care about AJ and Jalen's relationship off the field. It doesn't matter to me. Like I just care that there's chemistry on the field. And that was the issue. It wasn't that like I don't think any of us really care if they're they're best friends. You don't necessarily need to be best friends with your quarterback, but there needs to be that chemistry on the field, and that was was lacking toward the end of the season. So it's good to hear at least they're on the same page, and 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 hopefully that gets corrected moving forward. But here was more from AJ on some of the stuff that's been out there this off season about Jalen and whether he needs to become more of a vocal leader in the locker room. There's been a lot of reports about people within the Eagles thinking that Jalen needs to be more vocal as as a leader on this team. I just want to give you the opportunity. You know him better than a lot of people. Do you agree with that, or is that something that you don't think is needed? Listen, Jalen is himself. I don't agree or disagree. He's going to be himself, and I'm not the person to try to change him to be be something that he's not or whatever the case may be. But when things were going really good, you didn't hear those reports. You know, uh... A lot of a lot of stuff happened. I mean, the, the season the, the season pulled everybody every which way. You know, it was ups, it was downs. It was it was more downs than ups, but it started off ups and 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 now everybody scratching, everybody pulling, everybody just trying to see what's going on. But when we was winning, we was ten and one or whatever. You had you saw the same reaction him on the sideline. But when we started losing, you still saw the same reaction. So how can you get upset at the same person who's doing the same thing? 
but a couple months ago or whatever, he was the greatest leader to, to, for, this, for this organization. So, like I said, man, listen, I don't agree or disagree because he's going to be himself, and I, and I want him to be himself. I don't want him to be nobody but himself because if he's not, he's not authentic. And there you go. And again, a lot of it comes back to, to the production of the field and how we're going to react to it. But what do you think, Hugh? Like, do you think that Jalen needs to become more of a vocal leader? Maybe if he is, maybe some of this stuff doesn't get out of control of the de- to the degree that it did. You know, I, I think that there is something to that. But what does that mean? Like, that's the question. Because I feel like a lot of people have in their mind what they think a vocal leader is. And Jalen might not fit that mold. And I think that we have to be comfortable with that. Now, if you're expecting Jalen to change his demeanor, I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, if, if Jalen changes the way that he interacts with his teammates and they understand that that's the only thing that matters. See, this is where it gets, to me, it becomes a little bit of a slippery slope, TK, is because we will take what we feel is a leader and we will try to put Jalen into that mode. Now, to his point, when Jalen was stoic last year, because I remember saying it on air, he was stoic, he didn't say a whole lot, and all this other stuff, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem because we were winning. Mm-hmm. And people applauded him for that. Oh, oh, nothing never rattles him. He looks like he, oh, he just looks like a statue out there. And then all of a sudden, when it started going bad, it became an issue. Now, I think that you have to be somewhere in the middle, especially now with so many reports coming out that his leadership is in question. Like, that's the all the stories that we hear in offseason. You know, it's about what's going on in the locker room. We don't know, yada, yada, yada. We've heard rumors about them being an altercation, there being an altercation in the locker room, all that stuff. We don't know what happened. So I think that there has to be a happy medium. But to AJ's point, he has to stay true to who he is. He has to do that. He can't be something that he's not because it's not being genuine. So I feel like whatever his leadership style is going to be, it has to be conducive to the type of person that he is. And it also has to 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 translate and the guys have to understand it. So I think that what we might be looking for might not happen, but as long as it's for that locker room, that's the only thing that matters. Absolutely, and you don't want any player, specifically your quarterback, to come off as phony or anything like that, but I do think it's important to to mention the fact that, like, these are reports that have come from inside the building. Yeah. Like Mike Garofalo, a highly respected NFL reporter. Howard, who's very tied in with the organization. These are guys who have reported. These are conversations that the Eagles have had internally and had with Jalen about being more of a vocal leader. So I do think that's important. What's your take on on this part of it, Kyle, with AJ and Jalen Hurts? Do you feel better about their relationship after hearing this part of it? Uh, that's the one thing where if I had to be like – you know, keep the speculation machine churning a little bit. I can't help but be like, did he give us the full story? Like, for him to start by saying like, oh, you know, it's BS. We're fine. But then to follow it up by saying, I'm not going to get into me and his relationship on the air. Like, this is again where I wish he could just be like, dude, no, what are you talking about? Everything is great with me and Jalen. Like, can you at least push it further to the other side? Fake it like, a little bit? Yeah, or like, you know, like when it's it's the same stuff. That w- when he did this with Kay Adams and, and that uh, guy on SI, where they're asking him direct questions, like, uh, what about like getting traded? And he's like, oh, it's a business. Like, the talking around it is a little bit bothersome to me. Like, it, it just makes me be like, okay, like, you said you were going to come on, clear the air, answer every question. That one felt like he didn't want to answer, which to me is like, okay. I, and I'm not saying that's like, 
oh, this is a disaster, him and Jalen hate each other, whatever, this and that. But, like, that's one thing that fans have really wanted to know about. And I feel like we didn't really get a peek behind the curtain on that. Yeah, he danced around it a little bit. And and the question then becomes, like, okay, is it you just don't want to talk about a personal relationship or a friendship, which I'd understand. Like, I get that part of it. Or... Is it that there's kind of something more that you don't want to get into? It's like if there, if everything was great and fine, I feel like he would be more giddy or whatever to be like, yeah, like, what are you talking about? Like, me and Jalen are boys. We're great. Like, I feel like if there is nothing going on, he would be more excited about, I, I, I don't know. I, I could be reading way too much into it, but that was just one that was like, ah. I think we got everything. Well, now I'm just imagining, like, <laughs> Jalen's name comes up, and then all of a sudden AJ's personality just changes, and he's, we get giddy he's AJ tickled, He's tickled inside. Like, very happy to talk about Jalen. And Oh, yeah, that's my best friend, guys. Thanks Hopefully we get up. that AJ Brown soon. Yeah, uh, not, not on Friday. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. Bam and Upper Darby. What's up, Bam? Yo, what's going on, TK? What's up, Hugh? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm hanging in there, hanging there, trying to get over this COVID day number nine. Oh, man, hang in there, brother. Feeling better, Bam. Trying to eat, man. Like, I mean, it's trying to get back my case bugs back. Well, I hope you're feeling better, Bam. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. All right, I was telling Kyle, I think, I mean, I feel a little bit better with AJ speaking, but he's not He's not telling the whole truth, man. He's not telling the whole truth. He's not telling everything that is, is, is on his chest. He, I feel as though he got some of it off his chest, but he's not getting all this says, and I feel like he, how you say it, real, recognized, real, but he's like, just not get, he's not telling everything. Well, what he's else not, would you have liked to hear, Bam, from AJ? How, like, he was hiding the thing with his relationship with Jalen Hurts. He's not telling that. He's not telling that at all. And, you know, and he's not, just not he's, he's keeping it real, but he's not keeping it all the way real. He's not telling us what we want to hear. There's more to it. There has to be more to it. I I, I hear you, Bam, and I appreciate the call. But you know, I don't I don't want AJ to tell us what we want to hear. I want him to be honest, and and largely, I thought he was honest. See, this is where I feel. And shout out to Bam and Bam, get better, get better soon. This is where I feel that as a fan, we have to respect. Like we don't need to know everything. No, we don't need to know everything as fans. I think that a lot of times we feel that you know. Since we watch these guys, we we go to the games and we buy the jerseys and everything that that we they owe us something. They don't owe us anything, to be totally honest. The only thing that they owe us is to go out there and bust their ass and try to win football games. That's it. As far as the explanation of what went wrong in the locker room, no. the the only The only thing that I need to to gather from what was told to me by AJ Brown is that it he feels like it's fixable. The fact that he didn't tell you everything that was going on in the locker room to me tells me that that relationship is not beyond repair. Like you don't know everything that went on with your parents when they were trying to work it out. Like if they say, say Vince for all the parents that that was probably a bad analogy. It was probably <laughs> no, I think it's a good analogy, there. but you get where I'm going with this. He's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> but you don't get everything. Like say if you have a friend that, and they're going through a tough time in their relationship and you're being the best girlfriend that you can and they say, oh, honey, what's wrong? And it's like, oh, we're going to work it out. That means it's none of your damn business. Because a lot of times, TK, friends, when you let your friends in your relationship, they make it way worse than it needs to be. Oh, yeah. And you need to just shut your damn mouth and let them work through it if they're going to work through it. Now, if they become it becomes a point where it's irreparable and you want to find out, then you ask those questions. But in this relationship, the only thing that I need to know is that they're willing to work it out. 
And that's it. No, and that was probably that that was the most definitive thing that AJ said is that I want to be an eagle. I don't want to move out of the house. I don't want to, you know, get the divorce proceedings underway. I want to be an eagle, and I did believe him on that, and that is a positive because we all want AJ Brown to be an eagle in the end. You know, we all want him to be here. We all want the team to succeed. And yeah, the team's a lot better with AJ Brown on the roster. Let's go to Kenny in the Northeast. What's up, Kenny? Hey, what's going on, TK? Hey, what's up, what's up you? Hey, what's going on, man? Bam is my brother. Like, I love when he calls, but, yo, get better with that COVID, but he better start watching TMZ talking about, yo, I want more. <laughs> Straight up, yo, that was real for him even just to come on in. Talking about he ain't keeping it real. So I got two points. First, I feel better that my man uh, just came on in and set the record straight. That's even speaking, because if you don't, you leave me to my own devices to come up with what I think, and usually I'm wrong. So I'm glad he came on in and he got the, he set the record straight. He want to be an eagle. Everything that he said is what mattered to me. I don't care about what you do off the field, if you play PlayStation, if you hang with whatever. I don't care about that. I just care about that you want to be an eagle and we can get this right. Second That's all. Point, I believe, I mean, I agree with you too. They got to be adults in the room and they got to sit down and, and work this out. They got to be adults in the room. I can't be acting like children, none of that stuff. I got to be adults, sit down and talk this out. You're teammates. My second point is I'm tired of people speaking about Jalen being guarded and all this. Listen. When, this is the one problem about coming from the mud. You still got people that's in the mud. And, you know, when Uncle Charlie needs to go into rehab because he's drinking, they call you. When Cousin Joey gets caught with a gun, his bell's 10,000, you are, you are <laughs> going to be in there, they call you. So you, you got to be guarded. And I understand that. So I just think, man, yeah, like, it, it, it's – I don't know what we wanted from AJ Brown, but I know one thing: what we was art, what we was talking about happened six months ago when he blew steam. We watched somebody damn near knock his coach over to get the ball. We talked about it for one day. Yeah, no, I, I, I got you, Kenny, and and appreciate the call. And yeah, I think one thing that Kenny said there that I think is important, and some interesting analogies there. But but when you talk about being left to our own devices. That's why I think the not speaking the media at the end of the season, he really backfired. It, 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 it did. It did. And and there are times where you have to be media savvy, you know, and, and you could come in and, and the less you say, at least give them something because you leave it up for speculation, uh, especially when, you know, you came out and we talked about the impro- improvisation, you know, and I and you know what's funny? A lot of friends call me and say, oh, man, well, you're reading wrong into it. Well, we all read wrong into it. Right. We all read into it because that's what we're left to when you don't explain it the better than the way that you did. And and that's what we do. And we sit on this radio station every day and people talk about you being a rabble rouser. You're, you're causing, you know, a ruckus or whatever. No, I'm not. I'm sitting here and giving you my analysis of what I think is going on. Just like you probably have your analysis of what you think is going on. And by him not explaining it in a better way, that's what he leaves us to. But like I said, again, I uh, I respect the fact that he came on the station and he cleaned it up as much as he possibly could. I don't need to hear everything. I don't need to know the intricacies of him and Jalen Hurts' relationship 
Only thing that I need to know, in which he, he made it clear for me, is that this relationship is repairable because he didn't go into detail about it. So that's all I'm worried about. I'm worried about next season and how they can fix this thing. And it's clear to me that he wants to try to fix it. Absolutely. And I think a lot of this probably could have been avoided if, you know, he spoke to the media at the end of the year. We had a better idea of where things were. That led to a lot of speculation. But it was nice to hear AJ speak out on a lot of these issues. Nice to know he still wants to be an eagle. Um, But overall, it doesn't make me personally feel better about the team moving forward because I still worry about how they're going to deal with adversity. I still worry about how AJ is going to deal with criticism. And, you know, that doesn't go away after that interview, at least for me on Friday. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Do you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward after the A.J. Brown interview? When we get back, more of your Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is the Midday Show. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. Obviously talking a lot about the A.J. Brown interview, whether you feel better or worse after hearing what A.J. had to say. And I'm just looking, I was just looking during the break here. It's state property, Hugh. I might have to check this one out tonight. That's a good one. Yeah. State property is a good one. See, I, I went down this Tubi hole. Yeah, you're on the. You were telling me about your Tubi kick. This yes, time. I went. I went down the Tubi hole, and I saw. I saw a Tubi movie yesterday. It was called The Stepdaughter. Okay, what was that about? It was about this this guy who marries this this well to do uh, makeup artist. Like she's not a makeup artist. She's like I guess she's in the cosmetic business where they they sell cosmetics or whatever. Here it is, right here. All right. Yeah, and the stepdaughter comes to live with them. It wasn't bad, like. A lot of my friends that are in the movie business and stuff, they, they get mad about the acting and the cinematography in the movie because it's bad. But it wasn't like I've got to the point. I don't know if I've gotten numb to the Tubi movies. Okay. Because of this is you not, know, this is not the good. genre. We're, no, because we're losing you. The no, Tubi, no man. listen, man. Like there was a, like there was back in the 70s it was called black exploitation movies. It's like where they had like the Rudy Ray Moores and all the other stuff, the Dolomites and stuff. This is probably the same thing on a different level. Because it's like, to be honest, there are some friends of mine that have done some of these Tubi movies that I've actually seen. So it's it's one of those things. It's 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 a lot. I'm going noticing on. you're a changed man. I heard since, you. Since no, the it, Tubi was, it wasn't thing, bad, man. man. It wasn't bad. I've heard, these Tubi worried about you, bad. bro. Yeah, I've heard you guys discussing the Tubi movies. So yeah. maybe I'll have to check I watched it the, I watched another movie on Netflix. now. This one was a Netflix movie, but it could have been on Tubi. Was the uh, Kelly Rowland movie? Okay, Mia Culpa. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, it just it just came out. That was pretty good too. Kelly like, Rowland was a Destiny's Child, right? Yes, she was. Okay. Kelly well, Rowland, fine. Your oh, credibility yeah. when it comes to these things is taking a little bit of a hit, Hugh. I mean, no, you're telling listen. us it's good, but you're on the Tubi See, rabbit hole. Listen, Tell us how awful it is and all this like, stuff. I watched, the Kelly, like, I watched the Kelly Rowland movie yesterday, Kelly Rowland movie, and she, like, I don't know if it was, like, she could act, but she's also fine, so that helped. That helped. That helped tremendously. But the movie was a little, it was a little raunchy. Like you, you might, like it was a little raunchy. Right, it was well, a little raunchy. All right, well, I'll, I'll add it to my list uh, of all the stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll have Hugh's I'll movie have, suggestions. I'll TK watching you, all the, gonna, the Tubi movies. You're going to give me 10 movies to go home with. Yes, and, and you're going to watch them and you're going to be like, I'll you're going to, if you had on a pair of pearls, you're going to clutch your chest and be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> these movies are ridiculous. I'll be clutching my pearls. <laughs> what do you think of a 70 year old no, grandmother? I'm just saying, that's just the, 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 that's how I can describe it to right. most people. You Like if you want me to be clutching your pearls, 
first. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll have to check all those out. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But want to know whether the A.J. Brown interview made you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward. Made me feel worse. I, I still think that, like, my one of my big takeaways is that A.J., and I think maybe other guys on the team, who, who knows, but I think they're very sensitive to criticism and in this town like if you're going to lose football games yeah, you, you are going ready. you're going you to be criticized man yeah you got to be prepared and it's it worries just me this is going to be the case it's just different now because it's funny because social media has given everybody a voice and everybody wants to voice their opinion all at once so it could be it could be a little bit overwhelming it's, it's a little bit different so like you know back in the day where you didn't have people that were that bold you go in the grocery store you might have a couple of eagles fans they be like, oh, you guys stink. And, you know, you keep it moving. You, you, they voice their opinion. You keep it moving. But now since we have social media, everybody feels like it's their job to let you know how they feel about you. And sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming. But you, you have to remember that most of the stuff that people say on social media, they're lying about it. Cause they, they, and they feel like they can say it because there are no real repercussions, you know, because you don't know them or whatever. So they, they feel like that. But most of the time, they're just telling lies. So that was my takeaway. And Hugh, yours is you feel better because you think this thing I, can I be think fixed. Th- I think this could be repaired. I think this relationship can be, be repaired. Yeah. And that's that's the hope. We all want A.J. Brown to be an eagle. Uh, and hopefully good does come out of this because I do think good can come out of it. The fact that we've heard his perspective. I do think we understand him a little more now, which is an important part of all of it. 215-592-9494. In a minute, we'll get to some sound where AJ was just completely wrong about one thing he said. First, go back to the phones. OG Wade, what was your take on all this, OG Wade? What's up, TK? What's up, Big man? Dog. Um, I got to say, I, 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 I wish he didn't do it. I know that people, the fans and everything, love the fact that a guy, a football player, came up on the radio and spoke his piece and da-da-da-da. I thought it was a selfish move. I thought it was AJ realizing – the mistake he made in the uh, Kay Adams uh, interview by leaving things wide open. He, this was his moment to uh, cap, uh, cap back at people from WIP and the media as well as some fans. You see what I'm saying? So what I what I got from the uh, – he's AJ in his own admission said that he's the guy that stands up to the bully. He's the guy that holds his players, teammates accountable – He's the guy that uh, make you have uncomfortable conversations in the locker room. He's the guy that works harder than anybody on the team. That's what he said. Nobody works harder than them. To me, that's a diss, that's a diss to your teammates because how you know that? How you know you work you the hardest work on the team? <laughs> Secondly, if you're the guy that's standing up to the bully, the only bully you could be referring to is the media. So when things are bad, where was AJ? Because he's got a C on his on his jersey, right? So that means he's supposed to speak to the media after the games when things are hot. But you said that you didn't speak because you didn't want to compound a negative with a negative. Well, you're a professional. You should know how to speak as a grown-ass man where you don't offend certain things or say things that you should not probably shouldn't say. You should still have to be accountable in terms of who AJ your leader style is. So what I my question for AJ would have been, now that you said that this is your style of leadership, how did that help the Eagles? Because like, we went we went one and seven. 
No, wait, so in, the end, in the end, it didn't help. But I do think, like, I think he was trying to do the right thing. I think when he didn't speak um, to the media, I think he thought that was the right thing to do. I'm not, and I'm not saying that he didn't think that. I'm telling you that it was the wrong thing to do because what you did is now you made your teammates have to speak on your behalf. If you're the leader, you're supposed to be a leader every day of the week. You can't pick and choose when you want to be the leader. You know what, OG? I, I got I got to jump into this, man, because I I think with the narrative that you're going with, you're really hurting yourself trying to trying to keep with this narrative. Now, if you listen to what I said earlier. Do you admit that this was something, this was uncharted territory for all these guys? Because you talk about that AJ came in here on a winning wave and they were winning. So this year was a little bit of a a, a struggle for him. Mm -hmm. So now you're uh, you're upset with him because he didn't handle it the way that you feel like he should have handled it, correct? No, I'm not upset with him. But you you just said he could have handled it better as a leader, correct? Yes. So – you're upset with him because he didn't handle it as a leader the way you felt he should have handled it, correct? And I would say, again, I'm not upset with him because of that. I'm saying that he could have did it a better way. Okay, like That's I just said, like I just said, you're upset with him because you feel like he could have handled it a better way, right? Yes. Okay, and we, you just admitted that he's never been through this before. So maybe his leadership style was not conducive to what was needed in the locker room, and he's learned from that mistake. Basically, that's what he was saying when he came on the, on the show and got, did the interview. That's what I got from it. So my question to you is this. He's admitted that he might have made a mistake. Why can't you just let him try to, try to get it right? Why do you still have to go with this narrative like he's full of it? Like well, he's, first- he's learned, This is the first time he's ever been through this. He's learning from this mistake. Give, the, right, man, me- give the man some grace. Let me say this here. Number one, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't do narratives. I mean, I'm giving you my opinion. <laughs> okay, come on, come on, OG. Come on, OG. You do a little you bit did. of narrative you talk. Did. Come you on, man. Just be right honest now, there. I'm not. Let me. Let me just say. Let me <laughs> just say this. Here. Keep it real, OG. Say come on. Here. I didn't hear AJ come up here and say that he's learning from his mistake or anything. I heard AJ come on the radio because he wanted to address. The the, the the nascent people for saying negative things about him, and he went. He's here for that smoke. He didn't want to hear nothing about where the team is positively going to be moving forward to. He said, "I'm not here for that. I'm here to uh, to address whatever issues y'all got with me." Yeah. So bring it so, on. so so what about what I just explained to you? Are you not getting because we're we're saying the same things, OG? We're saying the same thing. He's he he's talking about the era of his ways and the way he handled. The situation. He did not come on here. Like, I haven't heard the whole interview, but I do know some snippets came out that he said he thought that handling it the way that he did was the best for it. And he said he was wrong for that. Did he not say that? I did not hear him say that. He did, you didn't hear him say that he should have probably handled it the media a different way. You didn't hear no, him say that? I did not. Okay, well, you know what? I might be wrong about that. I need to hear the interview myself. And appreciate the call, OG. Thanks. But, but come on. OG saying he doesn't participate in narrative talk. With all the Jalen Hurts See, I, stuff, listen. that 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 is that is more full of it than anything AJ Brown said on Friday. Okay, <laughs> and we lo- we love you, OG. Okay, don't get mad at me, but let's keep it real here. Man, listen, <laughs> I, I know. Listen, I ain't the I ain't a wordsmith. Kyle has let me know that on every occasion by the way that I talk. Don't <laughs> exactly. Those, thank you, those, Kyle. Those, thank those. you for that reminder. I love but, how that's that's Danny, labeled in our system too. It says Hugh is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the bottom line is this. 
you have to be able to read between the lines sometimes, man. I mean, the man came on, on, the, on the station and he talked about how he might have made some missteps. Now, he didn't come out and exactly say he made a mistake, but damn, I'm a grown-ass man. I understood exactly where he was coming from. I mean, that's what he said. When he came on here and said that he should have, he thought he handled it the right way, that's basically saying you didn't handle it the right way. Right. Like, he, he I truly do believe, like, when he didn't speak to the media at the end of the year, he thought it would make things worse. Now, I do think, like, AJ thought that maybe things that he would say would be taken out of context. Yes. But I think when you don't speak, that leads things up to speculation, and that led us to believe, okay, well, maybe he's not happy in Philadelphia. Maybe he's not happy yes. in the organization. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I hope he learns from because it wasn't productive to not speak at the end of the year. And I like, think it made things worse. And like I was trying to get OG to say was that, okay, you go into a situation that you've never been in before, which – like, I, I thought that I did a good job of framing it because they've never been through this much adversity mm-hmm. here in Philadelphia because when he came in, he came in winning, and then he started out the season, they were winning. So what I was trying to say was this, that when you, when you have adversity and you go through it, like, you look back on that and say, okay, maybe I could have did this a little bit better or maybe I could have did that a little bit better. That's what he was doing. And you have to give him grace because this is the first time that he's ever been through anything like this. Now, hopefully we don't go through this again next year and we don't have to figure out how to handle it. Right. But he's learning from this man. Like this is the like I don't know Jalen's personal history, but I would venture to say that this year was probably the the first year in his whole time playing football from a little jitterbug to now where he had to face, you know, questions about his leadership style his leadership acumen so yeah that's something that you've never faced if you've never faced that adversity before you don't readily know how to handle that right and that's the question is are the are are the guys on this team are the players going to take this and learn from it and have them make use it to help make them better or not and I think that's the real important thing because there was a lot that went down the end of the season that was was bad and you lose six out of seven games you know, there's going to be a lot of criticism. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But there was one thing that AJ did say that I, I just totally disagreed with. And we'll get to it now. Here was AJ talking about, you know, the end of the season and I guess some of the criticism that came with, with, with it. I got a couple questions for you guys, though. For sure. What's the deal? What's the, what's the deal? Like, you guys are supposed to be supporting Philly, but... You know, it don't turn out, turn out. It don't turn out to be that. You know what I'm saying? Like, why why make up so many rumors? You know what I'm saying? Like, because most of the rumors don't don't even be real rumors. These these are rumors that you guys are making up and everybody run with. Like, so what's the deal? Like, well, for us particular, I, I don't think any either one of us have made up any type of rumors about you or anybody else on the team. Um, I know I may have met you once in passing or twice, so you may not even remember me. I know I'm a former player with the Eagles, and that's one thing I don't do is, is make up anything about any player or anything that's going on. Now, we may react to things that are being reported and come up with our own opinion about things and then form questions that we feel is worthy of being discussed with our audience. You got to realize you guys are Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one sports team in this town, and when things aren't going well with the team, especially from a results standpoint and how the season ends, People are going to speculate. People are going to want to know what happened. 
And that's a big right. mystery. That's a big mystery as to what happened with this team coming down the stretch. A team that was 10-1 and one and looking like the best team in the league all of a sudden wins one out of the last six games and goes out in the playoffs in embarrassing fashion. This fan base is going to want to know what happened there, and speculation will happen. And so, but just as far as making up rumors or making up false things, that's not something I know I personally do. My, 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 my uh, co-host right here, this station, we don't really do that. Now, we may bring up a hypothetical question. Now, and I thought Ike did a great job of explaining that there yes. to AJ in terms of what we do and what actually happens. And that is what I totally disagreed with what he had to say when he says, you're supposed to ride for Philly. No, we're not. Like, we're reacting to the things that we see. And the bottom line is, this went. This wasn't just they lost a couple games, a couple bad breaks at the end of the season. They went from 10-1 and 1 to being the worst team in football. Yeah. Like, obviously that's going to bother people. Obviously that's going to garner criticism. I look at, I look at this team like a child, like my child, one of my children. And there's a lot of times that you have to be honest with your kids. Tough love. And if you can't handle that as a fan or as a player, I don't know what to tell you. Because the one thing that I, I take great pride in is is standing on anything that comes out of my mouth. I'm not flip-floppy. Let, let Kyle tell it I might be sometimes. It all depends on it, what the question is, and I might be a little bit torn. But as far as what I stand on, I stand on that. And, and I believe that, you know, constructive crit- – I believe in constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to come on here and call anybody a bum or say they stink or anything like that. But I do believe in constructive criticism. If you can't handle that, then, hell, you're in the wrong business. Yeah, man. And, and like, we're not going to be overly positive – when the season ends the way that it does. Like, yeah, when you're 10-1, and one, we're going to be happy. And when you're putting up big numbers, you know, we're going to be talking about how great A.J. Brown is. But at the end of the season, that that I really did disagree with because it's not our, our, our job as fans to be overwhelmingly positive about the team. No. They went from being 10-1 and one to the worst team in football. That's going to lead us to be frustrated and ask a lot of different questions about yeah. what went wrong. So I think that's totally fair. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Jeff in Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? What's up, guys? What's up, Jeff? So, I like that AJ came on, but that last cut you played where Ike was explaining to him about, you know, what the station does, there might only be two guys on the station that actually are around the team a lot, and that's uh, Eskin and Elliot Shore Parks. The rest of us, we definitely do deal in narrative and, and um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, Hyperbole. Opi- opinion, yeah. Yeah, opinion. That's what like, we do. We I like react. Hi- I like hyperbole like, better. There you go. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I had to, I had the word in my head before I even came on. But no, that's what we do. Like, I mean, every day we start off with the show with, you know, what do we think on one issue or the other? And you basically break it down. Everybody has their opinion. And he left way too many of those questions open. And I didn't like the idea that he came on and said, I came on here to give you guys 10 minutes to ask me questions. And then he did a Drew Rosenhaus when Ike asked him a question. He goes, he answered it real short and then went next question. And then the other thing I really didn't like was the fact that he said, nobody works harder than me. Now, he made a lot of mistakes on how he came across, I think. But I do admire that he did come across. But he could have he could have gone about it a little different way. And I'm clutching my pearls over here, uh, <laughs> you, because I, half, I halfway agree with uh, OG Wade a little bit. And I rarely agree with him. So... I think it was slightly misguided of how he thought the radio station was was working. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, you know, if you're going to say, I work harder than anybody else, yes, you're a leader, but the other guy that's throwing you the ball is also a leader. So maybe not say, maybe say it a different way. No, you know I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I look at it like, and, and, and this is the thing. Thanks, Jeff. When, yeah, thanks, Jeff. When, when he calls on, when he comes on, we're going to nitpick and pick apart everything that he says because he didn't say it the way that we wanted him to. I mean, and that's fair. If that's how you feel, that's fair. The bottom line is this. He came on and he tried to clear the air. Hell, if I wanted to, I could be nitpicky and talk about the fact that he, he misspoke when he talked about some of the stuff that he said was on Twitter that he didn't tweet, but his Twitter wasn't hacked. If I wanted to pick apart, you know, and be nitpicky about that, I could do that. But I'm not going to do that because I'm looking at the bigger message. And the bigger message is this. He cares about Philadelphia. He cares about being here. He cares about the way he's being, uh, you know, portrayed. And I think that a lot of times as fans, you know, you're not going to get all the answers that you want. You're not going to get every question that is asked. You're not going to get an answer to it. You're not supposed to. The bottom line is this. He wants to be a Philadelphia Eagle, and he wants to be here, and he wants to win. And that's the only thing that I care about. See, y'all trying to get, like, not you, Jeff, but people are trying to get into the, the ins and outs and the intricacies of why it happened and all this. See, that's what nosy hens do. That's what, that's what, that's what gossip, gossip girls do, not to use women as, like, their gossipy and thing, but you, you get what I'm getting at. I don't need to know all that, man. Only thing that I need to know about A.J. Brown is that he wants to be a Philadelphia Eagle and he wants to win football games. Bottom line, y'all can leave all that cackling stuff to yourself, and if he don't say it the way that you like it, then oh well. All I care about is football and him wanting to be here and win football games. Yeah, Hugh. And when he was when he said the thing about being a leader and I'm the guy who stands up, I'm the guy who works harder than everybody else, I felt like that was more defending himself. Than throwing his teammates. No, on the it bus. wasn't. Like, See, that's what I'm saying. That's semantics. People, people, people hear that, and you pull from it what you want. So, what you saying that AJ is not a leader? I can tell you this, man, as a fact, that everybody that I played with on this when I played football felt that they were the best player on the field, even if they weren't. They felt that way, Gotta and they that. played that way because that's a football player's mentality. So when I hear AJ Brown. Talk about he he works hard than everybody else. Hell, I felt the same way, and and I would see Doc ass over there lifting heavy weights after practice, and I felt like I was working yeah. harder than him because that was my mentality. I don't have a problem with that. No, because that's how everybody thinks. You think you're the toughest dude and the meanest dude on the football field, even when in reality you might not be. Yeah, and that's what the the kind of situation where I think AJ is saying something, and then he was emotional during that answer. Like, he's trying to stick up for himself. He's trying to stick up for his teammates. He said that during the interview as well. That wasn't a shot at his teammates, at least the way we perceive it. Um, that, uh, I, in my opinion, was AJ just trying to defend himself. That's it, man. That's, that's what he came on to do. Yep. Now, you could get mad about the fact that he didn't answer all the questions or whatever. I think what happened was that from, from the snippets that I've heard from the interview was he came on and when he realized that 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 Spike wasn't d- directly talking about him, mm-hmm. kind of changed the, the – The tenor it, of the interview. Yeah, it, it took yeah. some of the air out of the room. Yeah. So you have to take that into to, uh, consideration as well. That, that is important to consider as well. 215-592-9494. But want to know, do you feel better or worse about the Eagles after the A.J. Brown interview? We'll continue discussing that. Also, when we return, 
Uh, the, the greatest excuse maker of our generation came back to town yesterday. It was a schedule loss. And That's was, how it felt. Man, it was a it was a MVP level performance from Doc yesterday. So we'll get to that. Also, a potential return timeline for Joel Embiid. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. It's the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Let me tell you about QC Kinetics. This is the time of year to enjoy life. Stop letting that pain in your joints keep you from doing what you want to do this spring. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. I'm talking lasting joint pain relief. You know when you get older, those joints start aching real bad. Pro athletes, this is what I just found out. Pro athletes have been doing this for years. But now this life-changing situation is available to you, the public. Man, listen, I got to tell you, I've been going to QC Kinetics. Had one of my last treatments. Got to go in a couple more months, but my knees feel so much better. I, I walk around this office every day. I call it Office Athletics, where I do my little walk every day because my knees feel so great, man. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you back in the game. So you can walk, run, and climb stairs and play golf. I know y'all like to play golf. Golf is right around the corner. And move again pain-free. Your body has what it needs to restore and repair itself, and QC Kinetics can make that happen for you. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. No risky surgery. This is all natural solution. So give my friends at QC Kinetics a call. Hip pain, back pain, any pain associated with arthritis or injury. It's great to use that tax refund too. You know, tax time right around the corner, by the way. So, you know, use that tax refund and get that thing done. Get a free consultation today at 215-999-3000. That's 215-999-3000. One more time, 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics, give them a call. But she got me on the counter. Wasn't me. Saw me kissing on the sofa. Wasn't me. I even had a Sports Radio 94 WIP. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. Uh, reacting a lot to the A.J. Brown interview, whether it makes you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward. But this song coming back. Are you, were you a big Shaggy fan, you back in the oh, day? Oh, this song was funny. Not really. No. He had a couple club bangers, though. Yeah. Listen to it in the club. That was like that, yeah. That was a big early two thousands thing. Are you a shaggy guy? There was a there, red Kyle? sky going to like hanging out in the city. Uh, not a huge shaggy guy, but I figured wasn't me was perfect for uh, the greatest excuse maker of our generation coming to town yesterday. Yes. Wasn't perfect. me. Wasn't him. No, Doc perfect. said he still got friends here though. Yeah, and don't we'll, be hating. Not me. We'll get to Doc. Yeah, there you go. Uh, wasn't me, but we'll get to Doc in a minute here. But the, yeah, Doc Rivers made his return. Unfortunately, the Bucks beat the Sixers yesterday. And I, I just, I just got to say, I, I can't watch Tobias Harris play basketball. Crumble anymore. cookie, like, dude, <laughs> I, just I think it's funny. I can't take it anymore. This guy, like, f- this contract, by the way, feels like the longest contract in the history of pro- professional sports. We're in year five now. It feels like Tobias Harris has been here for fifteen years, and he's he's so bad. Like, he's gotten so awful. He's somehow gotten worse. You, he's regressed. Wasn't Terrible. he? He was banged up, and then I think he got sick. So he's probably dealing with a little bit. No excuses. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you better not start making I'm not, excuses. I'm not making excuses. I'm just Tobias. saying, man. Tobias, you know, he's, he's having a little rough go of it. Tobias Harris apologist. You <laughs> he is. Not, I like Crumble Cookie, though. He is my least favorite player I've ever watched in any sport. Like, not that he's the worst, but he's my least favorite to watch. Because just, like, t- seeing him out there on the floor is immediately infuriating. Because he's just, like, existing out there. He's not really doing anything. Think, he's, not, it, he's not awful. He's just completely underwhelming, I think, is, is the best Is it part way. of it because of, of what his dad said about him? 
and 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 then Doc tried to double down like the same year and talk about he, he needed to put his number. We hated him well before his dad opened his mouth. No, that was Dom. Who was it? No, that was uh. Doctor J, Doctor J, said he'd be up in the rafters. He said he's gonna be in the rafters. Oh my God! Come on, Doctor J. Know, that's a bad of, I understand the money part, but that's what guys getting in, in in the NBA now. That's that's the money. I just, I just please let this contract be over, please it's, God. I think the word I would use to describe him is like frustrating. Like he's the most frustrating basketball player to witness. Like you, you don't understand how a guy could miss a, a wide open dunk or like an easy layup. Like to the to the extent that he does, it's like how how does this happen? Right, and it's like Joel Embiid's out, and the questions are always, oh, where's the offense going to come from besides Maxi? Well, you have a guy making forty million dollars, and I understand that the contracts are what the contracts are, but it should just be yeah, Tobias. You should be able to pencil him in for at least what eighteen a night, and the fact that you can't do that is is very frustrating. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We'll get with to what Doc Rivers had to say in his triumphant <laughs> got return. I got friends in a moment. Oh. <laughs> First, let's go to True in North Philly. What's up, True? Hey, how y'all doing, man? What's going on, man? Can you hear me? We got you. Uh, I gotta get you guys off the uh, Bluetooth real quick. Hello. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, how y'all doing, man? I just wanted to uh, comment on the AJ thing. I, I just. I feel like he cleared up a lot of things, but I, I feel like he left. The one main thing that I was really wanted to hear about was him with him and the Jalen Hurts thing. I think he kind of left that open because he didn't. Like I got, I got kids. I got, you know, a guy. They got Godfather. That's my brother. And if anybody ever asks any questions to me about my brother, I'm dispelling all of it unless there's an issue. Yeah, I don't. No, I mean, I hear you, but but even like say since we talk about your family, like if somebody asks you personal business about you and your your brother or your your family member, are you telling them? Are you spilling all the beans? No, I'm not spilling the beans. But he didn't. It's not that he didn't spill the beans. He didn't. I'm I'm not. You. It's none of your business. For real, for real. That's that's my thing. So if if that's my brother and if we if we consider ourselves a, a family, then I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna play it like that at all times. Nobody's gonna know. You, you're not gonna know that there's an issue between me and my brother unless we you, you see us fight. Okay, so you you saw fight, the fight. You argue. I'm coming out, and they you ask me what's going on with you and you and your brother. Ain't nothing going on with my brother. What you mean? That's my brother. I love him. Okay, so what's the difference Always about what he brother. what he did on the air and what you just said? What's the what's the difference? Well, he said he's. If, if somebody come to me and say you got, what's wrong with you, your brother? Well, my brother going to be my brother. He's just going to be who he is. That's you know I can't control that. That to me that says, yeah, my brother he, he acting a little funny right now, but I ain't going to speak on that. Okay, again, I ain't going to speak on that. <laughs> not, not it, he didn't say that's my brother and ain't no issues because it's none. Of, it's none well, of our tr- no, true. That is between that's, brothers. that's exactly what he said. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate the call, but that is what AJ Brown said. He said, yeah, that, what, "What are we? Okay, wait a minute. Okay, because before we get another one of these, what what is it that? Where's the disconnect? Because that's exactly what he did. Like he didn't he didn't speak on it. Which, if if you're like to 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 his point, True's point, if that's my brother, I'm not speaking on it because it's one of those situations that can't be repaired. That's what I liked about it. I think we're getting to the point now where, like. We want to know more about it when we don't need to know. Like, it, we don't need to know everything. We just need to, our only thing I need to know is that it can be fixed. It felt to me like it, it can be fixed. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing that should matter to Eagles fans. The fact that we don't know the intricacies of what's going on in that locker room, 
I think that's a good thing. Like, it's it's a good thing. Think about going back in the archives, the whole Donovan T.O. situation and how that came apart. Like, there were so many stories coming out of that locker room that eventually, like, the, the story came out and you knew what, exactly what happened. That, that relationship to this day is still not right between those two guys. It's not. So what do we need to know? Right, and this is nowhere close to that. No, I it's mean, not. This is nothing like the T.O. McNabb situation. And I think with A.J., like, he was asked about the Jalen stuff. He didn't want to get too deep into it. Now, okay, we can, we can read that however we want. But I don't think it, it means necessarily that there is this huge issue between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. I just don't think he really wanted to go too deep into it. And, as, and, and, and this is the thing that I have to ask fans because I feel like we're going to get some more of these phone calls. What does he need to say? Like, if you care about the team, shouldn't that be your biggest priority or your biggest feel is that you feel like, okay, we can repair this. He kind of, to me, he kind of did that. Yeah. And like, but now we want to we want to nitpick and talk about how he answered this question or he didn't answer this question or about how he was being disrespectful by saying he worked harder than anybody else. Seriously, you're you're mad at him now because he said he worked harder than somebody else. Well, this is the thing, and and hey, I, there were a lot of things that AJ did say during that interview that I didn't agree with. The Jalen Hurts stuff, I I had no problem with the way he handled that. You know, basically said. Everything's good with me and Jalen. His leadership style is his leadership style. Now, as far as the reports about Jalen Hurts' leadership, a lot of that's come from within the building. When yeah, they've Mike been Garif- complaining about that for a while. Right. Mike Garofalo reports on it. Howard reports on it. Those things are coming from inside the building. But, you know, he AJ was not, you know, very vocal about that relationship, and I don't think he really needed to in that moment. Nah. You Two- just let it, let it cook. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But did want to get to uh, what Doc Rivers had to say yesterday. Because as we said, it was Doc Rivers' triumphant return coming back to Philadelphia. The Bucks beat the Sixers, and Doc like met, with the, met with the media pregame. And I think we all expected, you know, the accountable guy that Doc was. He would take accountability, and he would take, I guess, responsibility for what went wrong at the end of last year. Uh, it didn't turn out that's what happened. Here was Doc talking about what happened in his time in Philadelphia. How do you think your, your tenure here should be remembered? That's up to you. That's not up to me. I think uh, I was happy with it overall. I just wish we could have got further, gone further. I wish I could have had a chance to have Joel healthy in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, when I took this job here, uh, I think we got swept the year before in the first round. That that regular season, the next year, we won the East um, Lost to Atlanta, which I would love to have that one back uh, as a group, um, you know. But overall, um, Joel became an MVP. Uh, we established this team as a championship contender. Um, that wasn't said the year before. So, um, and under a lot of stuff, you know, you think about it, we had the James Harden trade, the Ben stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, some was under my control, some was out of my control. But overall, um, you know, for me, if you don't win a title, you know, you're never exactly happy. That's why we all do this. It's only going to be one of those a year. But, you know, I loved it here. Isn't it hilarious how he gets asked the question and he automatically just, like, reverts to defensive excuse mode? Like, immediately. That's where his mind goes, well, they got swept in the playoffs the year before I got here. We got to the second round that year, so obviously we were a much better team. It's crazy. I don't know what I don't like to be honest, TK. I don't know what he's supposed to say in a situation like that. I mean, when you talk about his his time here, 
It was tumultuous. That Ben Simmons things. I remember that Atlanta that Atlanta game. That was bananas. It's awful. That was bananas how that went down. And just how it got bad. And last year, I was here for last year. And just how there was a tale of two teams. They looked different every night. And I didn't I I could not explain to you what it was. One night Joel and B looked like he was ready to turn the corner and be that dude. Then him and James Harden just disappear. James Harden have his night one night, and then they both just disappear at the absolute worst time you can disappear. But I I love how he acts like they got so much better in his first year here. I mean, in 2020, it was the COVID season. They were in the bubble. Simmons was out for the playoffs. The year before that, they actually got to the exact same spot <laughs> that they got the first year Doc was here. They've never advanced further with Doc than they had before Doc. Yeah. And to answer your question, I don't know like specifically what he could have said, but I know what he should have avoided saying and it was most of what he just said right there like can you not like first of all there's no accountability to saying oh we had the Ben stuff we had the Harden stuff for once in your freaking life dude just say we or me or I didn't do Do a a good good enough job job. that's it man like that's all I need to hear shut up with the rest just give us the Andy Reid you know what jumped out to me when he said that or when that was going on okay what part of of what happened with this team was not in your control Right. That's where I would have followed yeah. up. At. It's like everything. That, that that's why I w- I would want to know the answer to that question. It, what part was not you? It really is great, thing. great because he immediately just defaults to making all these different excuses. Speaking of which, mm. here was more from Doc uh, asked about what happened specifically at the end of the Celtics series last. Do you feel like you got a bum rap though? I mean, because there was a game where your two best players struggled. Um, the game seven and, and for you to lose. Listen, that's up for you guys. Listen, um, I. Believe in what I do. I'll put it that way. Um, going into the series last year, uh, if I asked you guys to have a show of hands, who picked the Sixers? That's the point. So, uh, I mean, come yet on. we had them down 3-2 and had a chance. The game we should have won was the game six. Uh, game sevens are tough everywhere. Uh, but, you know, we did something to get there. And I uh, just tells you how close we were. And so, you know, I look back on that and, and think, I don't, you know, Joel wasn't 100% last year. So, uh, you know, things happen and you just live with them. Probably wouldn't have led with who picked the Sixers because now that me, leads me to believe that you didn't even think. And I love too. He's acting like he's making some sort of a great point. Uh, show of hands. Oh, nobody are. Show of hands. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing. It doesn't, like, I understand why people are mad at Doc because it doesn't help when you go to Milwaukee talking about, oh, y'all gave me the job yeah. during the toughest stretch of the season. What 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 you expect? He acts like a, <laughs> an underdog has never won in sports before. Oh, they were <laughs> you were up three two in the series. You were up at home in game six. And that was another thing that bothered me too, is just the way he says, Oh, well, game six was our game. You know, game sevens, they're tough. Like so what? You just quit? Once, like, it was, once you lost game six, you just thought going back know, to Boston, we're not going to win this game. You know what the sad part about I mean, I guess it's not sad. He's he probably going to be a Hall of Famer, too. Oh, please. Uh, he probably You're probably right. Doc going to be a Hall of Famer. Because baseball Hall of Fame is a joke. <laughs> no, he, he is just, it is like, it's the biggest joke of any of the professional sports hall of fame look no, at the people in it Hugh I guarantee if you looked at a, just a full running list of uh, basketball hall of famers you'd be like who the hell are half of these guys I'm not I'm not going there with you <laughs> but I don't I, think that's really up for debate to no, be honest I mean with I you. hear you I hear you but he's probably going to be a hall of famer probably and the worst part is he's never going to go away like, when he's done coaching, he'll be on TV. He'll be in the Hubie Brown role 
20 yeah. years from now. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be doing it. I just want him to go away. I just can't <laughs> I can't listen to him anymore, well, please. <laughs> all, all you need it's, to know about Doc Rivers and, and how who he is as a coach is, uh, do you think like this is only how he talks to the media? Or do you think in the locker room, he's sitting there building in excuses or saying nobody thinks we're going to, like, that's, prob- that's probably the messaging to the team. I would like to think that he's different. In the in the locker room, I, I see zero room. evidence for me to believe. I mean, that. I, I don't I don't see it either. But you you got to believe that he's one way with the media, and he's totally different with the team. Uh, but when you hear know. like I other did. players that I play for, him, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Well, it you, really is. Do you not think that some players might love him because he makes excuses for them and he just lets them do? See, that's what he I'm wants. saying. It like, all depends because I know JJ Reddick does not like he did one is for his career, but JJ does not. I guess he does not reciprocate the love that he had, that Doc Rivers I mean, has for neither them. Neither do I. And I, and I love Tal, too. The one thing that I did like is is he says, well, game six, uh, the plan was that Joel didn't get the ball enough. I, I, I My plan was for him to get the ball. I don't know why he didn't. Yeah, kind of a, a subtle shot at Harden, yeah. I think, uh, obviously. For sure. And Joel, to an extent. And, like, uh, maybe he was saying that game six was their game because when they showed up game seven – and he saw the look on Harden's face. He was like, this is not our game. Yeah, but it's just like, <laughs> how can you say that? Like, yeah, game six was our game. Game seven, you know, we went to Boston. We we went up there. We were hoping for the best, but we knew we weren't going to win that game. Just not a very good mindset to have from your head coach. So, Doc's back. He gets the win. Very frustrating. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Terrell. What's up, Terrell? Hello. Terrell. What's up, man? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, man? Not much. Um, I'm on AJ's side because I feel like Philadelphia media do this to a lot of our good athletes. They try to tear, uh, they try to tear down their image. Because I feel like when Kelsey just did that in the Super Bowl, don't nobody talk about it. AJ did it because we were just in the Super Bowl and we're not playing up to our caliber. I feel like if I was AJ, I'll be upset too because we're not playing to our standards. Well, wait, Terrell, wait, but Terrell, wait, wait, how Terrell. is the media trying to tear him down though? Because y'all saying that he's a diva. How is he a diva? Where is the diva in Travis well, Kelsey? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Terrell. Let me let me let me give you just a little bit of pushback. I hear what you're saying and I understand where you're going with this, but the, the difference is when AJ did it, it was it wasn't a story until they started losing. So that that's revisionist history. Everybody started to look back at that moment and and point to that as when the season Started to fall apart. And as far as Travis, there was a little pushback. But but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me just finish real quick, and I'm gonna give it right back to you. But the Travis thing, they won the Super Bowl. That's why that wasn't the story. Now, if they would have lost the Super Bowl, that's a different story. If they would have lost, that would have been a different story. He almost knocked his coach over. Yeah, but it would have been like I said. I hear what you're saying, and I understand it. But they didn't lose. Now, if they lost. You got it. You got it. My bad. You got it. I'm just saying the narrative update. That's what, that's what we talk about is the winning and losing. But the whole thing is he did the same thing. But but the the difference is, Terrell, is that when that happened, they were still on a winning streak. When they started losing, that's when people started to point to that and say that was the turning point. That and that's the only they, that's the only thing I'm saying. Was they still not talking about that prior? Because they still was bringing that up because we was up there winning. Who, they was, who to was, out who was bringing it up? Who was bringing they, it up? They was bringing it up. They was up there saying. No, they and I'm I, I'm not city. saying that they didn't, bro. I'm just asking who was bringing it up because I don't remember talking about the media. That. That's what I'm saying. The media when he snapped, everybody was talking about him snapping because they was wondering why he was snapping because he was winning. 
Yeah, in, in week two, there was an incident on the sideline where AJ seemed to be frustrated. We talked mm-hmm. about it, but Terrell, it's not it's not the kind of thing where anybody was like ripping AJ Brown I, I on a daily Yeah, basis that's what I'm here. saying. I don't I don't recall y'all that. Y'all call him a diva. Y'all, that's not a good name. And then everybody kept referring to Terrell Owens, and that's not that's what I'm saying. Y'all guys, y'all started again, saying Terrell. Again, not not saying that it didn't happen, but I I started hearing all that once they started going on the slide, and then they started comparing him to Terrell Owens. That that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong. But when I started hearing them talk about him being a diva, that was when it started to happen, when they started to slide. And then you started to look at his demeanor on the sideline, and then it was more like a a snowball effect more than anything. It wasn't like initially when that happened on the sideline that there was a whole lot of talk about that. It was when they started going on the slide a a little bit. That's when everybody started to speculate. Here's what I don't understand about this whole thing. Like, isn't (laughs) – when the team's winning and he's doing that on the sideline – is it not fair for fans to wonder what the hell's going on there? Like we're he's talking about he's mad at us for speculating about him yelling on the sideline. And and first of all, I can't I don't think any of the three of us, or including Joe, have called AJ Brown a diva or said, Oh, he's he's Terrell owns 2.0. You know who Terrell's right there is thinking of? Probably callers or fans that say, Oh, AJ's a diva, this and that. This wasn't us saying AJ Brown, diva, TO 2.0. Like, we're just speculating. We want to know what's going on. Our team's winning and our wide receivers yelling at the quarterback. We just that, shut up, and, like, and, forget about it. And why wouldn't we want to know about it? Like, why wouldn't we be interested in what those conversations are about on the sideline? Like, that that's a natural thing to wonder about. And again, to Kyle's point, I don't think any hosts on the station or anything like that have called AJ Diva or attacked his character. I, I didn't. And and I and when he did it, this is how I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's something. That could potentially be something. But they won. And they were winning. A lot of people that that when they talked about this as this thing started to slide and as he started to not catch the ball as much or as he started to become uh uh, on the back of a milk carton, or he he became missing in his offense. That's when it became a story. That's all. That's all I'm saying is that I hear what you're talking about as far as the comparison and everything, but it became a story once AJ started to feel, or it felt like he was being frozen out of this offense. Yeah, and that's the way it works, man. Like when you lose, everything's going to get magnified. And to the point about the Travis Kelsey thing, like that's in the Super Bowl. If that happens, and they on, lose, if that happens on Christmas Day. When the Chiefs lose the Raiders and they're oh, that's in the a midst- different, it's a whole yeah. different story. And their season's falling apart. Don't you think you the reaction to that is much different than it is in the Super yeah, Bowl? Because initially, when I saw it, I'm like, hmm. And then I, I, I was like, oh wow, that's that's a lot. And then I, my next thought was, okay, maybe that's the relationship that they have. And as he came out and he apologized for it, you're right. You're you're totally right. It would have been magnified if they would have took it took that L. But since they won the game, it was not a story. Because all the other stories were about the fact that they won the Super Bowl and everything else that went along with that. But if they had lost, then yeah, that would have definitely been a big story. Yeah, and losing magnifies everything. And when you see the receiver or a player, any players getting after it on the sideline, not just A.J. Brown. Same thing happened in the Giants game where Nick Sirianni and Hassan Reddick are kind of arguing on the sideline. Yeah. Of course we're going to speculate as to what those conversations are about. And you know what? The, the thing that I compared to or I can compare it to it, just to give you a little context. Wasn't there a time where, where Josh Allen got into it with uh, Diggs. The, Stephon Diggs? During the playoffs last year against Cincinnati. Yes, and that was a story, and then it wasn't. But that Because that's, like for most people, that's what receivers do. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things, oh, you know, it's, it's the receiver thing. But 
it became more magnified here because as we progressed through the season and the fact that AJ didn't say anything, that's what people pointed to. They looked back at that moment and said, oh, that's where it started, and he's being a diva. That's where all that came from. And, 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 hey, man, I don't even look at it and think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's an emotional game. I don't, I don't want to play with nobody who don't want the football. <laughs> right. Or, or who feels like they, they're the baddest dude on the field. Because most receivers are like that. Like, he's the closest thing to Terrell Owens that we've had in a long time. Yeah, man. Guys I don't are, have a problem with that. Guys are going to get frustrated. So, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not unfair for us to wonder – what was that about? What are these conversations about? I think that's just natural. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, when we get back, we back to the phones uh, on, on the A.J. Brown situation. Plus, uh, where is the Jason Kelsey retirement meter at today? Some audio from him next, uh, which will kind of shed some light on it. That's coming up. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Seep app for details. What do you think? Are you going to be in the booth? You're going to go on movies, maybe, or or are you going to go back and play for the Eagles? <laughs> you have ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, we need a trend. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, I think, know. Okay. Um, that's a good. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm trying to figure it out right now. There's right now exploring different opportunities. If I end up retiring, uh, still working out and staying in shape. If I end up playing again. Well, there you go. That was Jason Kelsey. On the Fly on the Wall podcast, an Odyssey uh, podcast, by the way, with David Spade and Dana Carvey uh, talking about his future. So he's leaving the door open, Hugh. Tom Kelly in for uh, Joe Gillia today uh, here on the Midday Show with Hugh Douglas. But what would you think of that, Hugh? Jason Kelsey not closing the door on his football career yet. I mean, you know, and I know they're part of our, our, the Odyssey family, but let the man answer the question. Quit cutting him off. That's, that's what I got from it, and I know I'll probably get some heat for that. <laughs> But I'm just like, I, the, one, the one thing I hate the absolute most is when you ask a question and then you proceed, when I'm answering the question, you proceed to keep talking while I'm trying to answer the question that you just asked me. So let, let's, let's just do that because that's annoying. Like that's a pet peeve of mine. Like when somebody's talking and all of a sudden I'm answering and then you're just still talking, like stop that. But for the most part, he got time. He got to what, March to free agency start? A couple of days after free agency? I'm going to give him that. Then you got to make a decision, dog. He's got to make up his mind soon here, Hugh. I mean, yeah. the combine this week, Howie yeah. and Nick will speak tomorrow. The Eagles got decisions to make. They yeah. they need to know what they're working with. Here. Yeah, and I think he will. You know, no pressure on the big fella. Love him to death. But come on, dog. We need to figure out. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Some I'll, of these financials. I don't know where you are on this right now. I'm starting to feel like he's coming back. I I, I think he will. I, it all depends on what him and his wife they figure out. Yeah. Because the money's going. The money's there. It's just that whether or not he wants the, the desire. Like, how strongly does he feel about the situation that the team is in? That, that's the biggest question. How strong does he feel 
about the triumphant return of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and that's the that is, the money part of it is interesting because that's a factor with Kelsey that you almost need to take out of the equation. Like with most players, oh, he's going to get paid. Right, like he's going to get paid no matter what he does. If he yeah. plays, he'll obviously get a lot of money. If he doesn't play, he'll make a lot of money in media. And that's, I guess, where you where you don't have the leverage that you'd have with other players. Other players would want to come back for that check. With Jason Kelsey, even if he doesn't play, he's got enough uh, streams of revenue where he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine, man. It's, it's one of those things where do you want to beat your body up to make a couple meal or do you want to run your mouth to make a couple meal? Do both. Yeah, he can he can do both. Or, you know, I, I don't know what the podcast is doing, but I'm pretty sure – you know, he ain't hurting for nothing with all the sponsorship and everything that they have with that. I'm pretty sure they're doing real lovely. So he's going to have, you know, he he's still going to have gas money. He ain't going to be worrying about that. No, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think he's he's coming back at this point. Where are you on this, Kyle? Do you think that Jason Kelsey uh, is maybe closer to coming back than you thought a couple weeks ago? Uh, subject to change tomorrow when the next time he speaks and, and offers up some other vague response about, you know, in the next or, you know, when he's going to make his decision. I would say right now I'm leaning more towards he will be back. He's just too good right now for him to all of a sudden. I feel like he would have more regret hanging it up while he's still at the top of his game than he would if he like just spent one more season. See how it goes. You know, I can't see any scenario where he like falls off a cliff next year. So just come on back, buddy. I I, I think come on home. I think he's. I think I think we're gonna see another year out of Jason Kelsey. I don't think he can help it. Think about a scenario in which the Eagles are really good next year and Jason Kelsey, you know, decides to retire, that would crush him. Like that would crush him to not be a part of that. I want him back. I, I think we're we're getting there. I think I think he's gonna be back. Next he year. got to he got to the beginning of free just a couple of days after that. Oh, you're giving him a deadline. A couple of days after? Yeah. I give well, him before. Yeah. You're probably right because the free agency moves pretty. We quick. need to know. Yeah, yeah we, we need, need to know what the hell's going on, yeah, you're man. Right about that. Yeah, we need. To, hey, hey, Kels, if you listen, <laughs> you got to the start of free agency, dog, to make up your mind. Clock's ticking. Yeah, and that, that, that that's you giving you that deadline. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want any part of that. I don't want Jason Kelsey coming after me. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, um, and by the way, I meant to mention the last time, uh, Joel Embiid slated to return. Late March uh, is the hope, according to Nick Nurse. That's the hope, is late March, early April. Hopefully get him back. Kind of consistent with what we've heard to this point, but that was the latest update uh, from Coach Nurse yesterday. 215-592-9494. But main topic we've been discussing today, after the A.J. Brown interview with Jack and Ike on Friday, we've all heard it, do you believe that the Eagles are in better shape? Do you feel better about this team moving forward? Or do you feel worse? Now, I look at it, I, I I certainly don't feel better. If anything, I feel worse because of the way that that adversity has been handled here. And after 2022, that was the big question. How would this team handle adversity in 2023? They didn't handle it well. I, I don't think AJ handled the adversity and the criticism well at the end of the season. And I worry about that moving forward. Where are you on that, Hugh? Better or worse? Uh, I, I feel better because I feel like the relationship is repairable. Because he didn't go into detail about certain things, and I think that's important. I think it's important not to go into detail, especially when you're trying to salvage the relationship. I feel like he came on to try to, you know, defend his, his himself because we've given him the mantra, or, or we've we've labeled him a cancer, we've labeled him a problem child, and I don't think that that's fair. I don't think anything that he's done up until this point. Outside of the obvious thing that everybody's pointing to, having a, a blow up with Jalen is is 
put him in the cancer category for me. No, and I'll be very clear. Like I don't view him that way. I don't think AJ is a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad teammate. I think he's an emotional guy. And as he said with with Jack and Ike during the interview, sometimes he can be misunderstood. And I think we did come to a better understanding of where he's at, and I think that's a positive. Um, but want to know how people feel about it. Do you feel better or worse after that interview? Let's go back to the phones. Go to Kevin Havertown. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how you doing? What's going on, man? Good. Are you there? No, we- we're not. We're not here. No, you're not. Well, neither <laughs> should AJ Brown be there next year either. Why is that? Cancer. Get rid of him. We don't need him. Well, Kevin, well, why is he most- cancer? Yeah, that, that, that's riddle me this. He's why is he a cancer? Problem. He's what? a problem. You got you. You stick up for him because you're a former pro athlete. You stick up for all the pro athletes. You don't want to harass any of them guys. Is that but what I do? He's a problem. Okay, well, Kevin, since that's how you feel, tell me why he's a cancer. Can I get specifics? Can I get exhibits? Like Jumping exhibit up and A? down on the sideline. That makes him a cancer. All the stuff that was going on all season you saw, wait, man. Wait a minute. Oh, all no, the, no, know, no Kevin, give me, give me specifics about him being a cancer. Exhibit A. What's your exhibit A? My, it's only my opinion. Okay. It's only what I, it's only what I see. No, but you – okay, well, what do you see that makes him a cancer, Kevin? I, I, this is the third oh, time called, I've asked you. He, called, he, he got he got deep into calling WIP. You guys probably that paid that him makes him that. A, that makes him a cancer, Kevin. Nah, he, he and then he didn't answer Ke- the question. Kevin, he I asked know. you I, three, you, you four it. times. What makes yeah. him a cancer? What makes him a cancer on the squad, his, Kevin? His behavior. That's okay, my e- okay. Example. What is what what is a cancer cancerous his behavior? Overall behavior. You know what? What are you, Donald Trump? Give it up, brother. <laughs> yeah, look, Kevin, Kevin, don't be mad at me because you, because you, I put a little heat to your fire because you can't well. answer the question. That questions. went really well. I asked you specific questions, dog. Don't be mad. And and uh, you know what? I think that's the kind of thing that would bo- that bothers AJ Brown, and I get that. Like for somebody to say he's a cancer with no backing whatsoever, what he's a cancer? <laughs> what is he called? WIP? Yeah, that makes him a cancer in listen, the locker room. What listen, are we doing here, Kevin? Let me do you a favor, dog. The next time you call. <laughs> And 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 like I'm, I'm pretty sure you're you're used to this. Like, just bring some facts to the table, dog. I, like, you can have your opinion, and, and 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 that's okay to have your opinion. But at least when I ask you to give me something concrete, you know, you talking about they jumping up and down on the sideline. That that makes him a cancer. Then you jump from that to the fact that he called here, that we paid him. That makes us. That makes him a cancer. Like, I just I, I didn't mean to make it so hard for you, dog. I I I enjoy. The fact that you called in with your opinion. I just asked you to validate it. That's all. If you can't do that and you get mad and start calling me names, I apologize, bro. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to trigger you. Yeah, man. Don't call up and you can't call up and make a statement like the guy's a cancer and then the, not give any kind of, you know, backup clip, information. Clip that off and let let Rye hear that to let him know I'm doing better as far as my my uh, the way that I interact with I got you, Hugh. Yeah, yeah, just let him hear that. This is a growth moment. <laughs> that was well done, Hugh. And I love how the fact that that the the person's opinion who he doesn't want is somebody who's actually been in NFL. I mean, yeah, and he told me he told me I'm, I'm defending all the players. You're just a player any, apologist here. I don't defend anybody. I give you my perspective. Like Kevin, <laughs> my job is not to defend anybody. My job is to give perspective because I was in a professional locker room. I was a professional. So when you hear me give my opinion, like you were giving, it's not because I'm trying to defend anybody. I'm trying to give you insight on something that I've dealt with personally. 
So I'm like I might not be right, but my perspective is unique because of the fact that I was in the locker room. Not like I'm defending anybody. So if you feel like I'm defending somebody, dog, I apologize. That that that's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of insight. No, I give you an A here. I thought you handled it. I'm that I'm very getting well. listen, man, that, I am growing. I am evolving as a radio host. Growth. This is all about. Where, hey, listen. I ain't threatening none of my coworkers no more. I ain't doing nothing. I'm I am in my sweet spot. I'm in my zone right now. I can confirm two hours, 11 minutes into the show, you have not They're threatened, not threatened nobody. So thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Will in the Northeast. What's up, Will? Hey, gentlemen. How y'all doing today? What's going on, man? Hey, man. Listen, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of these calls, man. A lot of these guys contradicting themselves. They're not, they not, not comprehending what the man said. You know, and one thing I feel about AJ is, it's a team effort, right? And I and I believe he feels as though I mean, this is my opinion. I believe he's being he's he feels as though he's being singled out. Yes. You know, and and, I agree. and it's like huh? I said I totally I agree. My fault. I'm gonna let you cook. I just I totally no. agree. Okay, but it's just like he feels as though he's being singled out as a player. It took a team effort. AJ I believe bore everything that he could bring to the team to try and win. You know, but one thing I would like to say about being a team, and this is just me, as a leader, which I am, I was born leader. I feel that way, just like what we say. That's my opinion. That's how I feel. But anyway, as teammates, they should rally to this man back because guess what? He ain't say nothing negative about nobody on the team, and he's taking all the blunt of everything, man. And that, that's what a leader does. He don't throw nobody under the bus. But my thing is this, man. You know, AJ, you got to understand in Philadelphia, whether you're doing good, you're winning, people going to hate. And when you're losing, people going to hate even more. So so get out of that, that, that train of thought of, you know, um, everybody's on your case. You know what I'm saying? And one more thing. The same thing with Kelsey. You can't compare to both of them. They're both passionate about winning. They're both passionate about, you know, how they play. They're both passionate about getting the ball. You know what I'm saying? But because one person uh, uh, say it, you know, in a way that we don't expect them to say or we don't, you know, receive what they're trying to say is a problem. You know what I mean? But um, AJ, man, Jalen, listen, whatever y'all got to do, and it's nothing that y'all can't patch up, patch it up, man. And let's win the Super Bowl this season, man, and put all this to rest. That's what I'm talking about. That's all I care about, man. Appreciate it, Will. That's There's all I a... care about is winning football games. As far as, like, who panties got in a bunch in the locker room and who was feeling some kind of way, that's locker room stuff. You know, and, and you could find out and you still wouldn't understand it. As long as they're okay and they're ready to play next year, that's all I care about. Yeah, and that's the big thing. And hopefully, you know, A.J. got whatever he, he got off his chest. And, and, you know, what do you think, Hugh, as, as a guy that's been in the locker room, after – that kind of thing happens, and AJ calls into the station. Obviously, things are bothering him. As a as a teammate, if you were a teammate that was close to AJ, would you reach out to him or anything? Well, you like try that? to yeah, try to figure out where his head is, and and you know you'll talk about it or whatever. And the biggest thing, like I said, TK, is y'all trying to win football games, man. I mean that like when you win, the narrative changes. Like that was the first thing that I learned. Being in Philadelphia, I used to hear the, some of the same thing. Oh, Philadelphia, bad place to play. The fans are negative. Da 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 da. And when I got here, I felt a little bit of that. But I can honestly say, when I was here playing, we were in the playoffs damn near every year I was here. After that, so I didn't get the brunt 
of none of that. And plus, they didn't have social media. So I know so- social media is like magnifies everything. Yeah. And and to be honest, I didn't listen to the radio that much. I, I did not. I was not one of those guys that that turned on the radio and listened to the radio all the time. So there was that. But I think nowadays, because so many different guys have brands and they and they're on social media and they want they like the fact that they interact with the fans. It's like anything in life, man. You have to take the good with the bad. Definitely. And again, it's important to recognize too that it's not just you lost a couple games or a couple bounces. It's the way, the way you lost. You fell apart completely. Yes, it's I the mean, way you lost, man. Hey, man, I'm in my mid 30s. I've been grown up in this city, watch this team my entire life. I've never seen a collapse like that in my life. Like that, that, that is something that obviously we're going to dissect and be frustrated by. Um, but you know, AJ got his the stuff he needed off his chest, off his chest, gave us some answers. Maybe some things could have gone more in depth on, but overall, I think it was productive. Let's go to Jay in West Philly. What's up, Jay? Yo, what's going on, yo? Hey, Hugh. Yo, bro. Thank you for thank you for telling the the way it is because everything you're saying is exactly what AJ was trying to say. Because he was telling his truth, and some people were still trying to dissect what he said. Oh, that wasn't a good enough answer. Like with the uh, Jalen Hurts thing. Yeah, I was trying, like, try, like, like you know, man, I, I try to, like, like I said, I, I try to put myself in his shoes and and try to give you what I think he's trying to say. And, you know, I, I don't get it right all the time, but I think I was pretty dead on on this one. I really do. No, no, he was right because it was like he was answering what he could, you know, without saying something else. Because if he had it in depth, then they would have said he's breaking up the team, he's trying to do this, that, and the third. He was speaking out for his team. <laughs> And he wasn't going to let nobody get in between him and Jay. So I want to thank you for saying everything that you appreciate said because that's what he was trying to get out. I appreciate you, bro, and I appreciate you listening. Uh, I really do. Appreciate it, Jay. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think when you look at the at the AJ stuff, and you can read that a, a few different ways, I just think that situation, okay, it's a close friend, a teammate. You just don't want to go too far in, in depth. I didn't read that personally as there's anything behind the scenes that he like didn't want to get into. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's just like, hey, you don't need to know. You don't need to know everything. And I know, like I said, I think that, you know, in this situation, we have to be mature about it and realize that I think he came on with one type of energy because he thought some of the comments initially were directed towards him. But when he found out that was not the case, then it kind of changed the tenor of the conversation a little bit. A little bit. And and then he wanted to talk, but he didn't want to get into to all of the stuff moving forward. So, I mean, I understand that. Yeah, that, that's that's certainly fair. Let's go to David in Westchester. What's up, David? Hey, Tom Kelly, Hugh Douglas, and how's it going? What's, up, What's going on, man? Hey, let me start with, did you see the movement on Aaron Nola's pitches yesterday? I, di- I did not get the chance to, to watch Nola yesterday, David. But I heard David, it for the two innings that was other. Yeah, the inning oh, was pretty my. good. I swear to God. Oh, you're excited, huh? Oh, uh, we we had bought 12 tickets this year for, you know, we buy a single – Single game, uh-huh. we we bumped that up to twenty because I saw that. I I haven't seen him have movement on those pitches like that. Didn't not at all last year. Wait, so David, uh, you you bumped your your ticket plan from twelve games to twenty games because of two spring training innings from Aaron Nola? Well, uh, call me call me crazy, Tom. But no, I tell you what, that's what that's what that's what new money do for you, dog. <laughs> you like when you get that new <laughs> new contract, are you going are you going down to Clearwater? Uh, no, no, we we went a couple years ago, and um, you know, we 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 don't have the money to do that every time, but uh. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, save your money to get those extra 10 great. tickets, dog. Get your, save your money to get them extra 10 tickets. Yeah. I, I got them extra tickets, man. I'll, I'll be down there. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so let, uh, let's go on to A.J. Brown. First off, you, I'd like to 
commend you for being so tolerant of all the people out there and letting them express their opinions. Um, your restraint is admirable, you know, um, from a former warrior. And, you know, I'd like to just, you know, give you kudos. I appreciate it, man. But, you know, people, people feel the way that they feel. And I think it's important, especially with this platform that we have, to allow them to express themselves. And, right. you know, I mean, that's what it, we're here for. It's not you don't have to agree with me. And if you feel some kind of way, I mean, you can feel that way. But if I don't get mad at me because I ask you to defend your position, that's all I'm asking you to do. If, if you feel that way, give me the reasons why you feel that way. That's all. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, to just express yourself. But, um, yeah, like like with AJ coming on there, I, I, I love that. I, I thought it was excellent, you know, because it's not easy to come on when you're angry. And it's not easy to express yourself when you're angry because you want to just go over the top. And, you know, the way Ike handled that interview was, was phenomenal. I mean, I, I give all the props to Ike also because um kept it professional, kept it calm. And, you know, AJ was able to feed off of Ike's energy and have an actual um, substantial conversation. Ooh! In, in <laughs> so. <laughs> there, there you go, David. Appreciate the call. And yeah, I thought I thought it was well handled by Ike and Jack, and and it it you know did I guess make AJ feel comfortable. And yeah, he seemed a little happier by the end of the interview. Yeah, because well, I I, I does it like I'm telling you, man, and I say this all the time, and I know he probably listens, but he's not like Ike has changed so much from you know the Ike that I knew when we played <laughs> special teams. Ike, <laughs> no, I do do tell more. I, I, I'm gonna leave it like that because 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 he's gonna probably tell me, "Oh man, you talking too much." <laughs> so go ahead, just leave it. Like that. All right, we'll just leave it like that. But no, I think it was very well handled, and you know, I don't know, I don't know if you know. See, Mike I aspire to be, yeah, be going I, out to dinner anytime soon. I, I aspire to be growing up like that. Now, Jack, on the other hand, Jack was nervous. Well, he owes Jack yeah, an answer about the Cullen Moore. He owes Jack an answer about the Cullen Moore thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> Jack, Jack was Jack was about to pee his little pants. Jack was a little nervous because he thought he was he thought he was about to catch some of that heat. I don't blame him though. Like I would be shaking back there. Why? I wanted to know because the, the answer to the Kelmore question. Because Hold the wide up, receiver's no. coming in hot thinking he's no. about to give me the business. But, like, why? but this is what we do. If you, if, listen, if you say what you say, then you got to be prepared for the conference. Well, of course, no, but look, but this is where I'm I'm trying to give Ike credit for being as a, much of a professional as he is, and obviously not a shot at Jack, but like, little I'm not experienced enough to be, a, well, no, like, little little look, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to be prepared for. It is like, especially like I have little to no experience being on that side of things. I would not have been ready for it whatsoever. I think Jack, I, I actually think Jack did a really good job. <laughs> I, I do too. I'm just saying like, I would not have been ready. <laughs> I was envisioning myself in that kind of situation. And I think it's gotta be highly stressful. Oh no, I mean, no, no, The receiver Jack, calls up out of nowhere. Jack kind of soft spot. though. He uh, did like, I envisioned, cause I didn't get to hear the whole thing. But I envision him hiding behind Ike uh, just a little bit. Like, uh, I could definitely see him hiding behind uh, Ike just a little bit. I don't think that's what would have happened. If he would have called it to me, I would have been like, hi, AJ. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle's voice would have gone up like 10 octaves there. Um, but it was pretty – like, I just got to point that out, last caller, David. And he sounded like it was he was being real about that. He really increased his ticket plan from 12 games no, he to was 20 excited. games. But on two – Spring training innings no, from Aranola? For me, like, man. Seriously, dude? It was more because my MLB app has been jumping with the lineups and everything because I think they play at 1 o'clock today. So it, it gives me all the lines and everything, and it gives me, like, the highlights. And those two innings, like, they were talking about how electric he looked. Not to the point where I would have bought 10 more tickets, but I get it, man. People are excited about baseball, 
And I'm I'm kind of excited about going down the, the Clearwater. You know, thirst trapping. Hey down man, there in Clearwater. And, and people are. Thirst hey, I'm not trying to be overly critical. I know I'm labeled the Nola hater. I'm very critical at times. I've called him the fake ace. But I mean, let's face it. Two spring training. <laughs> I'm not going to put too much stock into that. So the, the fake now. ace meter is not moved. No, the, so the, well, it's low now. It was low from the okay. end last year. Well, that's good. He, he yeah, turned man, the season get, around. Hey, when you get that bread, you know what I mean, and you get your first, you got to show, you got to well, show the people. Well, something. here's the thing: got to get the people what they want. The pressure's on even more now because he got paid. Like, yes. I mean, he yeah, needs to be real ace. Definitely well, on. He figured out the pitch clock thing. It took a whole <laughs> year, but he figured it out with a few starts left in the regular season. Carried in the playoffs. I mean, could he have shown up in Game Six of the NLCS? Oh. Yes. I mean, I he, look. He could have been better. In I know. That well, game. He let up three runs in that in that one inning, but he settled in. I don't. I, he was not the reason they lost that game. He wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, I, that that said, in to push back. On but the... <laughs> hey, he could have been. He could have been better. Leave, leave Noel alone. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Get back to your calls on AJ Brown when we return. But also, very another very interesting aspect of the Phillies game yesterday: a potential glimpse at what Rob Thompson is thinking with his opening day lineup over Swallow the weekend. it, you know, and eat it. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> we'll uh, tell you what that looked like when we get back. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio, along with you, Douglas. Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia or Lehigh Valley areas looking after a loved one, reach out to my friends at Best today. When you call 1-800-HOME-CARE, a live onboarding specialist will assist you in the hiring process. Best offers daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more to support their caregivers. Let Best take care of you so you can focus on what matters most, caring for your loved one. Call Ameribest today at 1-800-HOME-CARE or visit AmeribestHomeCare.com. Stott and Turner, I want guys running around the bases. And, and they both feel that they should have more stolen bases. Harper third, Bomaria Multo. It doesn't matter, they're flexible. Schwarber fifth, fifth. Bomaria Multo, then either fourth or sixth. Castellanos, Marsh, and Rojas. You got your lefty-righty, lefty-righty. You got it all fit in there. And tell me what... That's a good lineup. <laughs> it is. It's a good lineup. And whatever one we go with, if it's not this one, if we get shut out three or four days in a row, I'm going to this lineup right okay, here. Okay, well, I, I put it on a small card so you can keep it with you. <laughs> I'm putting it in my wallet okay. right now. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. Hugh, that was uh, the last Saturday, uh, Howard interviewing Rob Thompson down at uh, down at spring training um and you know he gave him his lineup and uh, rob thompson i guess took some of his advice how how similar was the lineup yesterday to howard's lineup kyle when we look at this thing here was it it wasn't player for player right uh no well most definitely not i think that would be <laughs> well first of all howard's a fraud <laughs> For doing the the real Muto and Bone oh, thing, I know. four or six. Oh, no, I, Howard, pick a spot. I agree. Like, ha, ha, come on, Howard, have have a take, buddy. You can't put two guys in the same spot in the lineup. Yes. Like that's a hedge, Howard. First of all, um, so let's see. I'm trying to go back to what yesterday's lineup was. Now, if Topper did do it, Let like me see how close verbatim, my lineup because I got my lineup. Oh, you got right your here. lineup too. Yeah, nice. So we did have Turner Stott one two, mm. which I think was what Howard said. I think Howard had Stott Turner. Okay, Stott but, Turner, so already right. an L. That could be a one or two situation. So what, Turner was one? Turner was lead one, Stott two. Okay. Castellanos three. Schwarber in the four hole. Um, and then, you know, the rest is sort of backup guys. So I th- Yeah, okay. Oh, so he was just playing with the lineup, yes. Well, of course, yeah. But I do find it interesting that he had Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber in the same lineup and chose to go Turner one, 
Schwarber four. Right. Like just some see, guys just were Just to out. see what it looks like, probably. Br- Bryce was out yesterday, but I do think that's interesting. The fact that he has Trey Turner leading off and Schwarber down the middle of the order. Now, I don't. I want to know where you guys stand on this. Like, where are you with the whole Schwarber lead? I'm okay with it because he historically did something. He was a unicorn. What he hit like forty some odd home runs, and it was a, a batting average of like one nine seven or something crazy like that. Right, but his on base is high because he walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm okay with that. You know, and, and <laughs> it's it's. I'm a fan of the OG doing what he's doing, even though that you know you can hear people arguing about this like. There's been so many arguments that that we've had about this, especially on this show, about the position and where he is and what he means in the order. I mean, but you can't argue with the fact that the dude hit 40-some home runs and, and you know, his batting average was as low as it is. So, yeah, I, I like him at number one. Yeah, and, I mean, it just works. They just win with him in the leadoff spot. And I've come full circle on this. Like, um, I was filling in for you a day last year, Hugh, and was working with Joe and Kyle, and – and Kyle and I were on the same page, I believe, of Schwarber can't hit leadoff, put him in the middle of the order. I think I can I've beat gone, him in a race. Too. No, you weren't. Yeah. Oh, I'm a pro Schwarber leadoff Oh, guy. so were you always that Wait, way? Oh, yeah. Okay. I can beat him in a race. Okay, too. sorry, Kyle. Oh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth there. My First bad. of all, don't ever do that again. My bad. Um, <laughs> Hughes, Hughes. Jeez, now I'm getting put in my place <laughs> yeah, oh, here. Listen, man, WIP, all you <laughs> yeah, guys do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Making up reports about Kyle's lineup. So Hugh has this whole idea that he could beat Kyle could Schwarber, beat Schwarber in, in a race. race. When like there's, I, I love you, <laughs> Listen, man, but I don't know. I raced Harper this weekend. My son, I won. Who what? Your your four year old son? Five. five <laughs> okay, five. all right. A little, a little bit different. Five. My bad. My bad. My bad. Harper. He was he was hot. <laughs> he was hot. He didn't like that you beat him. Yeah, he did. Well, that's because you're supposed to let him win. He was yeah, five. Let him win. You know? Well, um, as far as I go, I, I I've come full circle on the Schwarber thing. Yeah, you're good. You're good I with was it? a Kyle Schwarber middle of the order guy. Now I want to leave him lead off, but now I want to leave him lead off more than anything despite Howard. Uh, like that that's become my main motivation. Um I'm all in on spite pettiness. That's that's a good thing uh in my book. But here's my thing. Like I, I think we make too much about the lineup in, in general. Like really it's most often that lineup is going to go in that order one time a game. Like in the beginning, right? So like the whole idea of having guys on base for Kyle Schwarber, like if you're eight and nine hole hitter, get on. And you have Kyle Schwarber up. Guess what? You got a couple guys on base for Schwarber. And he's hitting home runs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And if you put him at, like, say, four, I don't know how many at-bats that equates to, like, fewer throughout the season. Probably, like, 100, though. You know how many opportunities for home runs that is? 100. So uh, I, I just like the idea that there's more opportunities for home runs. Plus, with the amount that guy strikes out, this is what we all got so upset with Alec Bohm for in the playoffs, that he was in the four-hole, guys got on base, and he couldn't hit. Do you want Kyle Schwarber striking out 200 times in the four-hole? No. Yeah, and this is the way I look at it, is he has protection being the leadoff hitter. Like, being the leadoff hitter, okay, whether you hit Turner number two, you know, Real Muto, whoever, probably Trey Turner, you're going to have protection there. If you hit Schwarber down fifth in the order, what, Bohm's hitting behind him? I mean, it's just not the same level of protection. I don't want a team being able to pitch around Schwarber. And that was kind of the problem you had last year in the postseason with Bryce is, and, and why we had so many debates about the lineup during that series. And should you move Bone down? Because the Diamondbacks were content with, we weren't, they weren't going to let Harper beat them. And Bone hit the home running game seven. That was, that was fine. And this kind of, I guess, leads to the greater discussion of Rob Thompson and his adaptability. But yeah, I think Schwarber has protection in the one hall. He gets on base a lot. So I want to leave him there, and and we'll see how it goes. But it was interesting that Trey Turner let off yesterday for sure. 
215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, also, main topic we've been talking about today, the A.J. Brown interview from Friday with the Afternoon Show. Did it make you feel better or worse about where the Eagles are headed moving forward? You're welcome to get in on that. Let's go back to the phones. David in Iowa. What's up, David? Oh, my goodness. Good afternoon. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing in I'm Iowa, running, man? What's going on in I'm Iowa? Just running, I'm just running six hours on home from Friday to the day. I couldn't <laughs> even get a phone. I don't, I don't control the phones. Hey, 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 hey. I'm thick-skinned, bro. <laughs> but guess what? That's why he complains every, every at the start of every phone call. I don't complain. I do not complain. <laughs> you just point out. You just point out. <laughs> These clowns. I got, a, look, I got a big block of that stuff, Hugh. What you got? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I found it. I was down in Alabama. Got a big block of that stuff, man. Smoking crack is like a great high. No, mm. the cheese. The cheese. You talking about Gouda? You got some Gouda? No, some sweet. Oh, you talking? Oh my goodness! You didn't get the. No, man, no. You know what's funny? Because because one of my one of my cousins heard me talk. It's called sauce. Like they they were mad at me because it's called they call it sauce. I'm so lost right now. I have no clue. Well, we were talking talking about like like last week we were talking about pig feet and stuff like that. Okay. And and hoghead cheese is like it's not really cheese. It's all the pig parts cut up with peppers and they make it into like a gelatin and, uh. and you eat it with crackers. Yes, disgusting. Say so, yeah, it sounds disgusting. Yes, and not David, into that too, guy. No. And David went out and got a whole block of it. Like he's he's block. you know. That's I'll, just are you making like hog head cheese sandwiches? Yeah, naked bread with some hot sauce. Oh, that's, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's awful. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> anyway, do it. Anyway. So I um I'm kind of neutral because I believe, you know, people the world is spent on gossip. Now, to me, A.J. Brown could have did right or wrong. If he didn't say nothing, if he would be crying, oh, he didn't say nothing. Da, da, da. Now he comes on and he says something. He's still wrong. Mm-hmm. So how can you blame a guy for speaking his mind? If you don't want to hear it, then turn to another station or just delete it from your brain. Why Why? Why make a whole situation? Anybody complaining about him beat being out for four weeks every time he turn around, he hurt. But... To be honest with you, he said what he had to say. He's a grown man. He's entitled to his opinion. This is America, right? Indeed. Now, nobody asked him, curious, you know, Ike stood up. Ike, I think Ike was a neck rule move. I think yeah, Ike man. was a neck rule move. He was ready for what was going to happen next if anything <laughs> popped off. That's what I'm saying, man. Can't you see Jack hide behind Ike in that situation? I just see that being the case. Yeah, the shadow. Like, oh, that, man, I got, got protection right here. I got my heavy head over here. So, but, you, were, so you were okay yeah. with what he had to say, David? Well, now, if he didn't say nothing, what would be the topic of the day? Yeah, I'm behind it. But, you know, you got to say something. It's like you're going to a job and you're not going to speak up for yourself, so they're going to they're gonna step all over you. You, tell you, gotta have a, you, can't, you. you can't just not be quiet. You can't. Because they're going to look at you and like, oh, he's scared to talk. Now he speaks. It's like Iverson when they had him with the practice, and it was like, you know, he spoke his mind. He's like, we're talking about practice, not the game. Yeah, I, about practice. I, I I hear you, David. I appreciate the call. I mean, I don't I, I don't really see the parallels between you know Allen Iverson's practice speech and, and this, but th- hey, this is the situation. There's been a lot of stuff out there. Some of it credible, some of it not. Some mm-hmm. of it from local outlets, some of it from national outlets. And, I, I mean, A.J. Brown was obviously frustrated and wanted to get some things off his chest. And, you know, I, I think he was – he's obviously in his rights to do that. I'm glad that he did it. 
And I think it, it gave us all a better understanding, Hugh. Like, that's where I'm at right now is I don't necessarily feel better about the team, but I do feel like I understand much more where AJ's coming from. Yeah, he, he didn't like the way he was betrayed. And, and it's one of those things that no matter how we get on here and try to explain it to some people, some people just are not going to understand that passion. They just can't. They can't fathom that because they're going to look at it and see a guy who potentially is putting his other teammates down and, and saying that he worked harder than everybody else. I'm here to tell you that there isn't a player that I played with that didn't feel like he was the best player on the field. You're supposed to feel that way. Nobody's mad at you for feeling like you, you, the, you the dookie or the poop or whatever you want to call it. Nobody's mad at you for that because you're supposed to. Everything about an elite athlete says that. You know, it, it's one of those things. It was like they the other night I was on television and I was watching the uh, what was the, the the game where Kobe had against the Dallas Mavericks where they were talking about I guess uh, what's the the owner of the Mavericks was talking about they should cut Kobe. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban was talking about cutting Kobe and Kobe went out there and just went he just shooting from all over the place because Kobe was that dog. He felt like no matter what he was always open. There were shots that Kobe was making where he clearly could have passed the ball. He didn't because he made the shot. And I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking to myself, like, when they talk about Mamba mentality, that's exactly what it is, man. You feel like there's nobody else out there. There used to be memes where they used to have Kobe on the court, and it would be Kobe. And it's like his teammates, and it would be nobody. It would just be Kobe. Sometimes you got to feel that way. You have to feel that way. And nobody that has played the sport at the high level is mad at you for that. Yeah, definitely. Nobody's mad at you for that. As a matter of fact, we love that. That's the one thing that we love about A.J. Brown. As much as I sat here on this station, and I still down this hill, I think Devontae Smith is a better receiver than A.J. Brown. I think that. I think he runs better routes. I think he's faster. I think he has better hands. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, TK, if I need a first down or if I need a touchdown, I'm throwing to big Batman. I ain't throwing – like, I, I love skinny Batman. But I'm going I need him on the field because I know he's gonna go get it. Because yeah. he has that mentality. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. That's that's the kind of mentality that you want at that position. Yeah, definitely. And, and you, like you said, Hugh, it's at that position. Like you need to, as a wide receiver in the NFL, the, all the great ones have that mentality. Yes. But, like and I I think what gets misconstrued sometimes about receivers in particular. Because of the history and because we've seen the guys like T.O. and Randy Moss and guys like that is the word diva and the word, you know, those kind of monikers come with that position. I don't think A.J. Brown is those things. Like, I think A.J. Brown is an emotional person. I think he, you know, lets his emotion show. But I don't look at him and think, you know, he's a problem behind the scenes or, or he's a problem in the locker room or anything like that. I just think he's a guy who has high emotions, emotions run high, and when things aren't going well, you get frustrated. And, and th- th- there's, this is why I feel so strongly about my position on AJ. AJ tried to do his damnedest in his own way to fix this by doing the, the, the skate room. I know we made jokes and stuff <laughs> about that. Forgot about but that. he was trying to do things to fix this because he wants to win. That's that's the only thing that he has to show me. He's trying to fix it. Now, we need to have a come to Jesus moment to try to get everybody in the room and try to figure out the best way to fix this. But he was never one of those guys to me from, from my purview was trying to be an individual. He was trying to be all-inclusive. He went out there, even though he put his foot in his mouth when he said it, 
he was like, hey, we were improvising. That wasn't on the coaches. And when he said it, we did what we, what we do. <laughs> we, we took that and we ran with it. That's what we do. That's the media. Because he said it. But then when he realized that it was probably not the right thing to say, he's still learning and evolving with this, man. Like I said, and this is the thing that I think people tend to forget. Buddy came here, had a ton of success. Out the gate, straight out the gate. Had a ton of success. It went bad for him a little bit. Like, that's something, if you don't know how to handle that, you're going to have some missteps. You know, and, and you got to grow from that. And I think that's what he's doing. That's why he called in. He didn't have to call in. No, and, and that's a big part <laughs> of it, Hugh. And I, I want to ask you th- this question real quick before we get back to the, home, the phones. But obviously, like, dealing with the criticism this year, the losing at the end of the season, it bothered AJ. Do you think this is a situation that he's going to learn from and deal better with next year I if think the Eagles so. do go through with losing. I hope we don't have – but listen, I'm going to tell you like this, TK. I hope we don't have to go through this. Again. Well, I do I'm, too. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there first. But I think so. I think so, man, because it's like anything that we do in life. You know, your first sign of adversity, you handle it the way that you felt you should have handled it. And if that didn't work, you learn from that, you grow, and you keep it moving. And the next time it comes around, you handle it not the same way that you handled it the last time. Right. Like, I think that moving forward with him, he'll probably be a little bit more guarded when he talks to the media, but at the same time, a little bit more forthcoming. He's going to try to handle that as best you possibly can because the one thing I do know for sure, that no matter what he says and no matter how he tries to frame it, each individual person that's on this station, we're going to take from that what we will and we're going to interpret it the way that we interpret it. I mean, that's a fact. That's Everybody does that, man. You can sit here and you can say it as, as eloquently as you want to and as clear and concise as you want to, but at the end of the day, we're going to all take what, what is being said and we're going to interpret it the way that we interpret it. Yeah. It happens to us all the time. And, and you know, dealing with that kind of criticism, dealing with those kind of interpretations is something that, that AJ that comes gonna, with, it's, it's a yeah, part of the territory, it's, man. It's part, it's part, of, part of the territory. And you, have to, you have to pick and choose what battles you choose to fight as far as that's concerned. Because just like you said, somebody got on here a couple callers ago, not picking on the caller that said it, but, oh, I didn't like the fact that he ain't say nothing. Or I didn't like the fact that he said he works harder than everybody else. See? I mean, I, I didn't get stuck on any of that, but some people did. Yeah. And that's how it happens. No, agreed. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Anthony in Southwest Philly. What's up, Anthony? Hey, what's going on, guys? How what's y'all up, doing man? today, man? How y'all feeling? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Well, I'm all right today, man. So, first thing, I just wanted to put a point out there, right? For AJ, man, because I'm, I'm I'm leaning on the side of the media with this one because when you get on the sideline, you know, you're screaming and hollering at your guys and, you know, you're doing all of this other theatrics. It's kind of like when you're at the beach and you drop some bread on the ground and all the seagulls run at you. Yeah. You get, you know, you kind of draw that to yourself. You know what I mean? I like all That's these analogies, that, you know? too, by the way. I like these analogies. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I try to be – the guy that, like, you know, I like to pick one side. You know what I mean? I don't want to be down the middle because when you play in tug of war, you only get one side of the rope. So I'm going to say oh, with the good, media. That's a good, that's a good one. Look at him. He dropped two of them. <laughs> there you go, Anthony. Oh, well, you're on a roll. Keep cooking, man. No, you can keep him in the bank. I'm going I'm 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 to take that tug of <laughs> roll. I'm going to get that one, though. Yeah, but so, you know what I'm saying? You know, so like he said, you know, these, these things are, it's my passion. You know, I'm passionate. This is the thing, but I, he got to understand, you playing in a passionate city with passionate fans passionate media, guys that were on the team before, such as yourself, you know. So when these things flare up, it's just what it is. 
So he got to realize that, you know, you playing in a very passionate city with a very vicious media, but we're not we're not going to go out there and attack you. You know, they only given you know what's what they with the data that they got to put out there. You're screaming and hollering on the sideline when it's not going right for you. But, you know, when things fall apart and the media is asking you questions, you don't want to talk when team isn't team. And I think, I think that's where the diva allegation came from. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You can't definitely. ignore it all and back into a corner and tuck your tail when it's time to really talk when it comes to team. But when it's for you personally, we see you over there amped up, shaking shoulders and saying, hey, get it together. You know what I mean? When it's for your production. So I think that's where we, 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 where he, you know, he got blamed for being a diva and all that other stuff. But, you know, just for the future, you know, just tighten it up, lock it in, and don't blame the media or the fans because we can't get out there on the field and play better. Only you can do that. Yeah, no, I got gotcha, you, Anthony, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, yeah, I think that's, that, that's well said. And it, it is a, a big part of things here that maybe players don't always oh, don't always get, like, we don't know everything. Like we, there's a lot we don't know, yeah. and it's going to lead us to to ask questions, speculation, speculation, speculation. When, when there's not, when you're not talking to the media, and when there's you know incidents on the sideline, whatever they are, of course we're going to want to know better what that was about. Dude, our job is to analyze, and we analyze stuff, even though sometimes we might be wrong, but that's what we do, and we talk about it. This is no different. This is what this is where for me is funny because this is no different. What we do every day is no different than the LeBron-Michael Jordan conversation that we have or people have all the time. And then they come sometimes with asinine takes. Well, you know, Jordan sold more shoes than than, than LeBron did or Jordan did this or Space Jam was better because Jordan did it. And that. like, That's what we do as fans. We speculate and we always talk about what ifs. What if so-and-so would have played for so-and-so instead of where he played and stuff like that. That's all we're doing. We're sitting at a bar and – and having sports conversations with our besties or our buds. That's what sports talk is. And if you get mad about some of the takes that somebody else has, go get mad at some of the dudes you be hanging out at the bar with on a weekend. Get mad at them for some of them stupid-ass takes that they have. Right, and just to clarify for AJ, that was a call earlier that called you a cancer in the locker room. That wasn't either of us. That wasn't any anybody here hosting the show. That was I think, I, yeah, he's not a cancer to me. Yeah, yeah no, he's not. And, and I think – that this can be productive moving forward, but I hope AJ does take that away from it and, and takes away from it that, you know, the fan base does want to understand him better. Like, we do want to understand his point of view and get where he's coming from, and and I think that was a, an important part of the interview. And and to your point, Hugh, that last caller, he was on he was on point with those uh, analogies. Yeah, I like that now. What do you say? You can't – you got to pick a side and talk a war. Yeah. You can't just – because yeah, you can't just play the rope down the middle. I like that. I That's still, the one. I still like yours the best though. Was that? that like that? AJ, he's not looking for a divorce. No, he's he not. Wants to stay together. I mean, because you know, I'm, I'm, I like bad analogies because I think that it's important that people understand it and you put it in perspective that people can digest. You know, just like one of the worst things you could do is when you're in a relationship is let your friends know all your business. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't let your friends know all your business. Because everybody's going to have an opinion about it, and they don't know the ins and outs. And once you tell them, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna react in a way probably that you, you don't really want them to react because you're trying to work it out. So just keep it to yourself. Yeah. That's what you do, guy. Keep it to yourself. And that's what he did with the, with the Jalen Hurts stuff, and that was probably the right move to, move to make it. Definitely out. the right move to make it. 
215-592-9494. If you want to get in, want your thoughts on the A.J. Brown situation. Did it make you feel better or worse? Did the interview make you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward? We'll continue to take all your calls, see everybody on hold. And when we get back here, also, a piece of NFL news from over the weekend. A former Eagles coach finds a new landing spot and a potential Eagles free agent target. Uh, is putting himself out there on social media. So we'll get to both those issues when we get back. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio alongside Hugh Douglas. This is the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Tom Kelly in today filling in for Joe Giglio alongside Hugh Douglas here on the Midday Show. If you want to join us, 215-592-9494 is how you get in. Obviously spending the majority of the day reacting to the A.J. Brown Interview, call in from Friday uh, to Jack and Ike on the afternoon show. Whether you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward, uh, based off one of the things we've been discussing uh, throughout the course of the show. But did want to mention, real quick, a couple of other pieces of NFL information before we get back to the phones. Um, Sean Desai, Hugh. Got a job. Has found a new job. He's headed to Los Angeles, where he'll join the Rams in a senior defensive role. So I don't know what what exactly that means, but... He's he's in LA. Congrats. Uh no, I just thought like cuz they play the Rams this year, right? We play the Rams, don't we? Do the do, do the we, Eagles do play, play the Rams? Yeah, I believe we do. Okay. I'll have to double check. I th- okay. Yeah, let me make yeah, cuz I the, the first thing I thought about was uh I wonder if he's going to speak to anybody. <laughs> I don't <laughs> seeing as that the defense nobody liked him and they said, you know, they didn't like his his his, his defensive play call. We well. go to L.A. this year. We go to L.A. I think it, that is the second place finish in the division. I need to, I need match to, up. I got to place a bet on if Sean decides speaks to anybody. I got to find odds on that. How how unlikable can you be if you need to get if you're getting replaced by Matt Patricia? Like that must have been pretty bad. I don't like the thing that that I don't understand is. This is the defense that you ran from training camp on, and then all of a sudden, like this is the parallel that I have, and I and I might be wrong about this, but it's it's just funny because when Kevin Byer got here, it just felt like like for him to have the kind of cachet to say, "Hey, we're gonna we want to run the the meetings ourselves." Where why didn't we see this in training camp? Like what was the like where did the disconnect start? Because then you start hearing rumors about the guys. Say he didn't ooze confidence in anything. Like, when I think about defense coordinators, I think about Jim Johnson particularly, is when he got here, that was one of the first things that he established was that he's that dude. And he talked about what we were going to be and, and how he wanted to identify. And I'm assuming it's the same with every defensive coordinator. I remember Jim Vicarilla, my first defensive coordinator with the Jets. He talked about, you know, defense and what we were going to be. We weren't that by the way. But anyway, he talked about it. Right. He talked a good game and, you know, about what we were supposed to be. So I don't know where the disconnect and, – and on top of that, the first six games of the season, the defense didn't look that bad. No, I mean, even through the first 11 games, they didn't look awful. Like, they had the one game where they played – they basically shut down Miami's offense. And I then mean, there were times where, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the way that they played and, and, you know, they won by the skin of their teeth, but – even with that, they came up with big plays when they needed to. They did. I mean, look at the Chiefs game. Yeah. That was not long before everything fell apart and here. And then Matt Patricia came in, man, and they just looked like they just, just – they were all over the place. Yeah, it fell apart. And, you know, there was a report from the guys inside the birds, Adam Kaplan and uh, Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher, that 
Desai, you know, couldn't really communicate with the players and that things were confusing. And I guess that's what ended up happening. But uh, he'll be a senior defensive assistant now. Maybe a better role for him. Well, uh, here's the thing. Like, uh, if you look at the Rams history of, I guess, just guys they bring up through the ranks of their defensive coaching system, they're head coaches. Brandon Staley, Raheem Morris. Not the last, good one. Last few to come to mind. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how quickly or if Sean Desai sort of flies up the, the ranks there in L.A. And we'll see what, like, I'm curious to see how the league outside of Philadelphia views Sean Desai. Because if you really want to think about it, given what we saw from Matt Patricia's version of that defense, Looks like Sean Desai did a pretty damn good job. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> it does, but he didn't get a coordinator job. I think that's important to kind of. That's true. Kinda, yeah. It was kind of late in the game too. Uh, but everybody, I mean, not really. Desai was essentially fired in December. Well, well yeah, he <laughs> you know, was, but he I guess was very he was, available. He was still, I guess, he was still <laughs> on the payroll for a while. Yeah, it's 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 a weird that whole thing with the defense and everything, man. That was just weird. It, could this be a case of like you know, head coach fails? goes back to where they were a coordinator and then gets another crack at it. Like, could we see Sean Desai fall back a little bit? I'm a defensive assistant. And then in a That's year Dan, or so, like Dan Quinn he's a coordinator it. again. Yeah, yeah, Dan Quinn. Raheem Morris did it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, I think so. I think there's a bounce back. Coach Moore went from, what was he? He went from the offensive side. No, he went from the defensive side of the ball in Atlanta to the offensive side. And everybody was looking like, wow. Raheem Morris did? Yeah, Raheem yeah. Morris, yeah. So he went to the um, – he went from I think it was DBs yeah, and then DBs. to receivers. Yes, that does sound right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it was like you know, so it's it's one of those things where I guess the more you could do, so yeah, I think he'll get another. Crack. That's a reverse Juan Castillo. Yeah, I like Juan. Yeah, that that one right. That was a questionable decision. We'll just yeah. Now are we rooting for Sean Desai? I I'm a, I'm very ambivalent towards Sean Desai. I, I want to see I if he's gonna shake time. people's hands. You're rooting for him? Yeah, because Why? I still um well in the, the this, for the sake of pettiness that we like on the show, I'm still looking to stick it to all the uh, Jonathan Gannon people. Oh come on! And I think Sean Desai did a much better job than Jonathan Gannon would have last year with this team. Still, you're such a hater. You're such a hater on Gannon. I'm and a realist. You, Hugh, we were filling in the day after that Eagles Cardinals game. Uh, I was working with Kyle, and mm-hmm. you should have seen the disgust on his face all day long. Having to give credit to Jonathan yeah, Gannon. Yeah, come on, dude. That would, like, that, that, that would hurt any, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> any yeah, that's, man. That's a true Eagle fan right there. But, yeah. Gannon, I think uh, he's better than than we thought. But uh, you'll disagree. I don't, yeah, like I don't see what evidence has, has shown that that's the case. <laughs> Look at the defense. What defense? Look at how With much the, worse the Eagles they defense? got. Yeah. Okay, but we're, for, like, we're acting like 2022 was Gannon's only year coaching this defense. This defense was garbage in 2021 when he had a similar level of talent. Let's not act like... Gannon would have turned this defense into a top five unit with the trash they had. The defense this year had much better talent than the defense in 2021. Yeah, probably, but like, but still, like, we're all forgetting that, like, we cursed the name Jonathan Gannon because he was allowing the the likes of Derek Carr to complete 80 percent of his passes on the defense. Like, it was miserable for a while. We're acting like Sean. Like, I, I will say that neither Gannon nor Desai did a great job in their two seasons with you know minimal talent, but like. I, I'm not of the mindset that Jonathan Gannon last season would have been better than Sean Desai or Matt Patricia. I just I, dis- I, I, I don't disagree. see that. I don't I think know, man. I, I think better. I think I would probably say I think so because I think they would have played more discipline. Like, because they like people you know, would have known what they were supposed to do. Well, maybe that's yeah, that's one. I, but yeah, yeah. man, the the fact like I'm here to tell you, <laughs> I'm watching football. I'm watching this team play, and I'm trying to figure out. 
I'm calling my friends that I played with because, you know, they played more attention to the defense than I did. But I knew certain things that were going on. I'm like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, hold up, dog. What are they doing? <laughs> it was like, I don't know, man. They, they, they look like this side playing cover, cover two and this side playing man to man. They were all over the place, man. They, they were clueless. Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> and the other piece of news you need to mention here, uh, LeJarius Sneed, a free agent cornerback from the Chiefs and obviously corner a big need for the Eagles this offseason. I don't know what this what this means, and I want to get your read on this, Hugh. He posted last night on Instagram an Eagles emoji. Devontae Smith liked it. Do you think he's just messing around, or do you think there's something to this? Hey, listen, he's trying to he's trying to drum up, you know, he's trying to drum up interest in in his services, which I am not mad at him for doing, especially in this day and age. Social media is a two way street when it comes to your ability to to market yourself. And most of these guys, I was always told, NFL players are independent contractor. And so at the end of your contract, then you go off and you try to find another job. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to, in my mind, this is how I look at it. If LeJarrius Sneed is tweeting the Eagles, number one, he's looked at their roster needs. He's heard what's being said. And on top of that, he looks at the Eagles, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I'm not trying to get anybody all excited about it or anything, but he looks at the Eagles as a team that could potentially get back there with a couple of good players. The one thing that I've heard, and this is true, and I've been saying this for weeks, that in order for our team to get better, we need to get younger on the back end, especially at the corner spot. We need to get younger. And yeah. we need to get guys that are willing to do some of the things that either our corners can't do anymore or they won't do, you know, so he looks at this team as a great place to play and a team that could potentially put him back in the big game. A damn good player and a guy who I'd certainly like the Eagles to, to, to look at. And like you said, they need to get younger. I think we all know Bradbury is not going to be back here next year. Who knows about Darius Slay? My inclination is that he probably is back next year. But what do you think, Kyle? What's your level of interest in LeJarius Sneed? Uh, that would be a nice addition if the Eagles can pull that one off. So whatever means that the Eagles don't have to be like beholden to drafting a cornerback with one of the top two rounds because we just simply can't do that and they don't very do well it. at all, and we yeah. don't do it. And I think there's a good reason that they don't do it. The last, you know, good to, to I guess good to great corner acquisitions we had. Doesn't seem that way anymore, but Bradbury, free agency, and Darius Slavia trade. Um, Sidney Jones is the pretty much my lasting memory of drafting a cornerback with a high pick. That one didn't work out well at all. So I I think you gotta just sort of go with what got you there and and stick to drafting the positions that they're good at drafting. And I'll be all like Legarius Sneed fits a need of one, like a, a just a solid corner, and two, like he adds that physical element to the back end of the defense. That's that what I, that's yeah. They're lacking big time. Like yeah. you have soft ass Darius Slay talking about. I want to have my teeth in. Yeah. You know, next week. Like Your shut boy. up, dude. <laughs> I want Darius Slay to go in. Or, uh, sorry, Legarius need to go in and pop somebody. They got veneers, show him how it's I mean, done. Get you some veneers. That's they're, right. just, they're just as good as teeth. And Look, that, he needs to go with Hughes Dennis, man. Yeah, my dentist. Shout out to my dentist because they be she be taking care of me. Man. There you go. Good go stuff. Get, but go get teeth every other week. Now that Kyle mentions it, is the last good corner the Eagles drafted high Lido Shepard? It's got to yes. be. Like is that. That's really how far back we're going here? Yes. Wow. And Sheldon Brown for that Shel- matter. And Sheldon Brown. He's yeah. the think third rounder. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Sheldon Brown for that matter. 215 592 9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Greg in Maryland. What's up, Greg? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, man? Hey, I know. Uh, seems hard to say to one of my favorite Eagles, but uh, we got a team that's playing right now that we need to be talking about the Phillies. 
Well, mean, they're not really playing. They're not right playing now. real games, though, yeah. bro. Swallow it. You oh, don't need it. Playing. They got the uniforms on. I got it's got my blood up. I, I, that's uh, that's what's got them in the front of my mind. Okay, that's fine. What, 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 tell us yeah, what you want to talk about the Phillies about, bro. Well, I said Howard, you're right. He's hedging his bets with that whole uh, JT and Bohm thing. JT's got to be batting fifth, uh, right behind. Schwarber uh, needs to be first. JT's either fourth or fifth. Um, but yeah, you can't be interchanging Bohm and uh, JT. They've got different skill sets. He's a fraud. <laughs> That's about right. So you see, no, I totally agree. I'm I'm on board with the Kyle Schwarber at top, but my lineup looks a little bit different. I got I got I got JT hitting seventh in my lineup. Mm. I got I, I'm and going six know, seven righty righty. Like that. We got to get it top of that line. How he's going? You think JT getting... and Boehm. It depends on whether they're on one of their hot streaks or not, because they were both very very streaky last year, and that you're not used to that from JT. He's usually much more solid, but he got into some slumps. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but you could say that. You could honestly, you could say that about the about the whole lineup as a whole because like Bone and Stott were two of the guys early in the season. They carried us for the most part, especially when we didn't have our our main guys hitting a whole lot. But hopefully, that's not going to be the case this year. And you could talk about listen. You could talk about whatever you want to talk about on here. You know, we just we just start with the show topics, and then you know you can take it wherever you want to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just felt, love the idea felt of attacked a little bit. Kyle uh, <laughs> mentioning like giving getting Hughes lineup to Topper. I think we should all just send our lineups to Topper. And Topper can have a little filing cabinet in his office of just the the different WIP host lineups, and he can just kind of keep moving off of that based on the day. I got a question now. Better chance of Topper reading all of our lineups or the Eagles opening Marple Mac's Cartwright letters? <laughs> Topper reading our lineups. <laughs> I heard the Marple Mac last week. Marple and, Mac uh, is he's not on a, a fan mission, of mine. dude. Oh, man. Marple <laughs> Mac does not like me. You don't, th- <laughs> you don't think they're taking those Cartwright letters uh, seriously? Uh, you? I, I, no, I just think that Marple Mac is tired of me, so he just he just all together quick acknowledging me all together. He just talks to Joe. Okay, I appreciate his call, but he does not. Is he the does feeling not me- like me? Is the feeling mutual? I don't have beef with Marple Mac. You don't? I just I I just think after like letter ten. <laughs> then you, you know you kind of you know. well maybe they should freaking open it I yeah. mean come on yeah get back to Marple Mac Marple Mac clearly Howie. very very passionate about this well Mac they're in Indy right now so when they get back I'm sure you know that response is coming uh, let's go to Roger and Ben Salem what's up Roger yo TK Hugh what's going on what's up man yo Hugh real quick how's that how's that winter shred coming along it's it's coming man you know it's funny I was just I was just telling Ike. You know, I've been acute. Like my my nutritionist was telling me, I'm not eating enough, so I need to find a, a a meal prep service. But outside of that, it's coming. You know, doing my cardio every day and everything like that, so it's coming. I'll be ready for clear yeah. water. You mentioned earlier today you forgot your vegetables. I did forget my vegetables. Okay. I forgot my vegetables. Look, look, look. We, we we forget stuff all the time. You know what happens? You can't you can't harp on them too much about it. You know, as long as you're getting the results you want. That's that's, that's all it. That's all I for. care about, man. You know, I've been. That's all I care about. Trying to get ready for be down in clear water, thotting a little bit. Thought yeah. Yes, sir. So on, on this AJ thing, I'm kind of indifferent about the whole interview because, like, you know, last year went down the way it did, and I'm just looking forward to 2024 and hopefully seeing a lot of improvements. Um, but I do have a lot of respect for him for not spilling the tea because, like, I know people want to know, like, what really went down. But, guys, you know, this ain't TMZ. You know, like, if it's personal, just let it be personal. You know, you don't got to talk about it. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. It's like – like I said, equated to a relationship. Everybody doesn't need to know the ins and outs of your relationship. As long as you're yeah, trying to make it work, that's the only thing that I care about. As long as you're trying to win football games, that's it. 
That, that's right. And, and uh, you guys were like talking about Doc coming into Philly uh, a little earlier. Yes. I was going to come in with an analogy about that, like you know how he brings up excuses and stuff. It's like it's like he's that dude in, in retail, and like a customer is all up in his face and like going on about this and that, and he's just like, "Yeah, I just work here." Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know why you're coming at me about it. Well, no, yeah, Roger, and appreciate the call. It's just no accountability, and it's like he gets asked the question. And immediately, without it, I don't even think he's listening to the question. I just think he's formulating his next, you know, uh, trying way to be to nice. Blame. Yeah, trying to be nice, trying not to be too controversial. But at this but he's point, not he's trying probably, to be nice. Yeah, he's well, he's trying to, yeah, trying not to be controversial. He's rubbing people the wrong way though. Yeah, because they want they want real explanations. Yeah, we we just want I, we just my, want with some honesty. TK, my question would have been, okay, what was out of control, the Ben Simmons situation or the James Harden situation? That's the one that I would like to know. Which right. one do you consider was out of control for you? Well, the best part about the Ben Simmons thing, and this is this was peak Doc, is all season long, you know, he's ripping writers and ripping the media for how could you dare not appreciate Ben Simmons? Appreciate him. Appreciate him. And then after the series, when it's over, they ask him if he can win a championship with Ben Simmons as a point guard. He's like, nah, I don't know. You know, it's kind of yeah, ben, No, I remember Ben did not want to shoot in that Atlanta series. <laughs> Yes, and it was it. Oh boy, it got bad. And I just felt I felt I felt bad for him when I was in Atlanta because I knew it was coming. Was well, like, we didn't feel baby. bad for him. Yet. Oh, I know. Oh, y'all let him have it. Celebrate him. Like, Celebrate all the stuff he does well, baby. It's about to go get ugly for you. And that was Doc like two weeks before completely throwing him under the bus. Celebrate him. <laughs> that that's why he's such a jerk. It's like he tried to tell us how big of idiots we were. For suggesting things that he was like, you know what, maybe that's a pretty good idea. He has no loyalty to anybody. Like, yeah, we, we were like, Doc, like, you ever consider taking Ben out in the last two minutes of a game so that like they don't do the hack of Ben? And he's like, oh, dude, only, only in Philadelphia. And then the next night, who was out of the lineup in the last two minutes? Ben. Ben Simmons. I like the Kyle uh, Doc Rivers was that, was that good? And no, it wasn't, but it was entertaining. Only, yeah, only in Philadelphia. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Uh, let's go to Dennis in the Northeast. What's up, Dennis? Hey, how y'all doing? What's up, man? Good, good. I was, uh, I want, it seemed like it's a, we on a precipice of a, uh, like a, a real good moment for the Eagles, man. I think that's the question about AJ Brown today, but I think he did a good job, man. Uh, I think it's time for us as fans to look at these players as human beings and not superheroes, because they got jobs to do and calling for their job is real, it's a real big thing. That's not really Right, just because of some sideline antics. But Dennis, mm-hmm. nobody nobody called for AJ Brown's job. Well, I'm talking that, about fans. Dude, that called I'm him get, cancer. People do, oh. people dude, do can, call cancer, for cancer. Cancer, dude, kind of, kind of wanted him out of here. A lot of, yeah, that, that that a lot of times that that steamrolls. I mean, you're filling up. You can't say it. Don't. Sometimes that steamrolls, and then these guys, you know, a lot of pressure on them, and they wind up going somewhere else. I just know. That we we get we we push a lot of good players out of this city, and um, some players don't even want to come to this city. So I think it's time for the fans sometimes, man, to like worry about being fans and not CEOs. Well, or, well Dennis, I, I got to stop you for a second because I that's where I really disagree. Like I don't think this city is responsible for running players out of town. Like just because a few callers will call in and say you should trade a certain guy or you should move off from a certain guy, that doesn't mean that they're being run out of the city. What you mean? What you mean? Why not? Why not? When the pressure is on them, you putting a lot of pressure on them. And I'm not saying that it don't just go with one one caller. It just it starts like you talking about uh, AJ Brown for the last couple of days. Like you 
Like, how you think he feel? He a human being. He got kids. He got to take care of. He got it. You he know? got it. I hear you, Dennis, but but some of that, though, to be honest, you got to kind of suck that up, though, dog. I mean, people going to do that. I mean, how many times, you know, you hear people on, I, I know a guy on, on, on social media who made, who made a, um, he became an influencer by calling players trash and saying that they suck. So people right. are going to, people are going to do that, man. You can't, you can't allow that to make you become a snowflake. I ain't like, talking about the player. I ain't talking about the player. I'm talking about actually the fans being the motivator of, of, you know, bringing this out to the good player, point, point, point the finger at where it belonged from last year. The defense was the problem. We ain't calling out the defensive player. Get, get Shaq Leonard on the phone asking what the hell he was doing. Now, I don't think people look at Shaq as like a real Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, no one cares about Shaq Leonard. Yeah, yeah. That's what nobody, saying. <laughs> nobody cares about that. Dog. And by the way, man, I think we bashed the defense sufficiently no, we over do. the last few months. I think it's a double-edged sword, and, and I get where you're coming from, man, but it's, it's you got to take – the good with the bad. You have to. That's a part of being a professional athlete. That's the part of being an elite athlete. Everybody's not going to like you. And no matter what you do or what you say, you're not going to change the way that some of those people feel. You just got to go out there and do, do your job and do the best that you can. And you can't worry about everything that's being said and compartmentalize all the stuff that's being said about you. People, the other day, I don't know if you saw this, TK, but – Kevin Durant was walking on the court. Yeah, I did say it. And a fan, like, called him out his name. Mm-hmm. And then looked with surprise and shock that he was upset because he called him out of his name. And looked surprised and shocked. And then Kevin Durant was able to show that fan grace by not getting him kicked out because security was about to kick him out. Right. The Mavericks fans. They was about to kick him out. Fans are going to do that, man, because they feel like they can, you know, and, and, and you can't take it personal. And he showed a lot of grace. Now, he went and said something to them, and they backed down a little bit, but he showed a lot of grace in that moment by not getting them kicked out. He did, definitely. And I think that, that though, to me is different than this. Like, And I get from A.J. Brown's perspective or any player, it's got to be frustrating you know, if you're sitting on social media and you're seeing people say mean things and horrible things. Or you're like, like you're a bum or you're a cancer or stuff like that. It, it does, but at the same time, you, you have to realize that. And, and, and this is how I look at it for the most part. Number one. Those fans are paying their hard-earned dollars, and they they have a perspective that they don't know what's going on. They don't know, and you can't really talk about it. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. And then you got to look at it like this too. Most of those folks that are saying that about you, you'll never see them or hear from them personally. So you just got to kind of just ignore it. Right, and it comes with the territory. And, and it, you know, not to say that people can say whatever they want. Like, obviously, it goes over the line sometimes. But there's also criticisms that – that can be fair, you know, and, and whatever we talk about here, whatever callers talk about, it doesn't mean, you know, necessarily that people want you off the team or, or, or want to move on. I don't but want him gone. No, nobody wants A.J. I made Brown that, I think that could, well, no, it's a few people that but, but, but I don't want him gone. This is just, dude, when you lose six or seven games and you fall apart at the end of the season, nobody's going to escape criticism. It, it's just the way it's going to be. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215 215- Five nine two nine four nine four. Tom Kelly in for Joe Gillio. This is the Midday Show. When we get back, we'll finish up on the phones, plus a change we could see to the NFL's kickoff rule. That's coming up. Tom Kelly in for Joe, uh, along with you today on the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
Sports Radio 94, WIP, Tom Kelly, Hugh Douglas. Uh, I'm in for Joe today. Joe will be back tomorrow. Obviously discussing a lot of the A.J. Brown stuff today, the interview with the afternoon show from Friday. But in a few minutes, Hugh, we gotta, we're all about accountability here at WIP. Well, what I do. Not what you. Happened? Not you. But another WIP host. Apparently we need to hold accountable for a, a mistake, I guess, they made or, or – uh, an inadvertent lie that they told is that uh, yeah i guess just maybe like a uh miscommunication or Miscom- whatever but uh, either way we are going to be holding people accountable in this final segment okay come on big boys give me a holler <laughs> wait, wait a minute what happened who, who are we on accountable <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll find out in moments here but there yeah there's somebody we got to hold accountable with you so we'll do gotcha. that in a few minutes here uh let's go back to the phones robert in massachusetts hey robert hello boys how you guys doing today what's going on well, I definitely want to talk about this whole A.J. Brown situation. I was going to keep my mouth shut on the whole situation until I heard that one caller about an hour ago calling him a cancer and that he needs to get out of Philadelphia. Does anybody really know what a cancer is? I mean, when you look in the past of the NFL players that we've had, you've had Terrell Owens, who's probably one of the biggest cancers of all of the NFL, who is one of the most selfish human beings on God's green earth, and that is in fact, but then again, there too, he could back it up. He also had Antonio Brown, who was giving another chance after being toxic, and he blew that after arguing with Bruce Arians on the field. So, if any player, anybody, that's one of mine, wants to stand up for themselves, saying, I just don't like the, where the team has been going for the last season, A.J. Brown came on tremendously, and you know what? I agree with you guys. I think he shouldn't be booted out. I don't think A.J. even is a cancer. He's just a passionate guy who loves the sport of football, that loves to play for this team here in Philadelphia. He loves being an Eagle. And you know what? He wants to help us win a Super Bowl. Why would he want to be toxic? He just wasn't really happy with the system that Brian Johnson was given. And, and he was just straight honest with the fact that, like, yeah, the team wasn't doing too well and that they should have done better considering the fact that we're in the Super Bowl the year before that. And A.J. did a tremendous job with, being really respectable, basically telling everybody that he's misunderstood. I agree. A.J. Brown is a very misunderstood player. But what was so toxic about what he said? And that's what I don't get. Well, I don't think anything was was toxic about what he said, Robert. I do think some of his anger might have been a little misdirected. Like, I, I, I don't look at it as anybody here was trying to run A.J. Brown out of town. I don't think that's the case. Like, obviously, there will be... You know, some callers, and I agree, that caller who called him a cancer in the locker room, that there's no evidence to support that claim. But, yeah, I don't think in general, like, anybody's trying to run A.J. Brown out of town here. That is true, and honestly, I do agree on that. I do feel like there is some people on social media that's probably saying that. I have seen a little bit of it, but I just love where he projected himself. He didn't come at, he didn't feel offended by anything. He came in and made a professional statement. I'm excited for what this team is going to do next season. I feel like Kellen Moore was a great addition to be an offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles team. I feel like that um, getting somebody that is also on the defensive side of the ball, too, will help. We just got to see what goes on. I mean, if you look at it, at least A.J. Brown wasn't like Cutter Davier from the Flyers, who basically went out and blatantly said, I want out of this team. But maybe believe A.J. that he was very misunderstood is right when he said he wanted to stay in Philadelphia. And I think when somebody wants to stay in the team that they truly want to stay in, they're going to ball out. You look at A.J. from all last season, there was about seven, eight, nine games he was going for over 200 yards in receiving. 
So if if people do want him out, even though some people might not, which I don't want him out, why do that when he was such a great asset to this ball team and we don't have anybody else in the one? Yeah. No, I hear you, Robert, and appreciate the call. I, I don't think anybody wants A.J. out. No, you know? they don't. I mean, some people are, are, if you do, you're misguided, in my opinion. You're, 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 you're very misguided. I think he's a hell of a player. I think that, you know, with his what he did, the way he handled himself on that phone call with Ike Friday, lets you know that he wants to be here. He could have easily came on here and say, hey, man, I'll let the chips fall with they may or whatever he could have said. He said he wanted to be here. I believe him. And the fact that he didn't go into detail about anything that happened in the locker room, that's what really makes me believe that he wants to make this work. Dude, like, there's not a lot of guys that I feel, especially nowadays, are in, in this business to try to win championships. I feel like he's one of them. I feel like we have a quarterback that's of the same caliber. I feel like most of the guys on this team feel the same way. You know, I, I feel like, you know, they understand what, number one, you talk about a brand, what, what winning a championship can do for your brand, and then your legacy. You know, being in that game, man. You know, I never won it, but I was in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a part of that history a part of the NFL history. A lot of cats can't say that. A lot of cats come into the league and they play for, for 10, 15 years, never sniff a playoff game. That's a fact. You got guys that have been, been to the Super Bowl that are on this team, been to another one and trying to get back. So I think he's one of those guys. And he's going to do – and he's going to sacrifice and do whatever he has to do to try to win a championship. That's why I want him here. Yeah. That's the only thing I care about is football. Definitely. And that's one of the things that does make you feel better. Is it was one thing that really came across in that interview. And really, every time AJ speaks and, and when he spoke to the media, the one time he spoke to the media toward the end of the season, you can tell the guy really wants to win. Like yeah. he, he takes it. And, and it was a good point that I heard Elliot make this morning when he joined the morning show. Is Elliot said it, it's, it's pretty clear that AJ is one of the guys who, who takes football home with him like you know it's not like you leave the building and you're not thinking about it you're not worrying about it and ultimately I think that's a good thing that just shows that he care yeah and he does care and, and again I, I keep harping on the fact that he didn't he didn't say a whole lot he just wants to play he wants to clear up his name he's not a diva he wanted to point that out he's not a diva and and he's not a cancer he was just misunderstood mm-hmm and they got he still got to figure out what was going on in the locker room but i think if they figure as long as they figure it out i don't need to know the details yeah. about what happened in the locker room no and hopefully you know they do get it figured out whatever went wrong uh the organization i think judging by their actions clearly thinks the coaching staff is a problem with all the changes they made and hopefully um it's it's a lot better this year and it'll be interesting to hear what howie and nick have to say uh, tomorrow afternoon let's go to carl mapleshade what's up carl yo good afternoon fellas what's up man Hey, if Jalen and A.G. weren't so close, do you think A.G. would even have called in the first place? What? That guy. It didn't really have to do with Jalen and A.J., Carl. No, but it's not even funny. Don't you think A.J. realizes that his boy's not developing vocally, and that's where A.J. is, but he's just not saying it. What is, do you part. mean Jalen as a leader, not developing as a vocal leader on the team? Well, that's where AJ's just not exactly saying it. But when the time comes on the sidelines, let me show you how to fire this team up. That's that's where AJ's at. 
I love that guy. He's almost my favorite player. Almost. He's the guy that can get this quarterback right. Yeah, and, and Carl, pre- appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it would. I'd say it would help any quarterback to have AJ Brown on the field around this time of the day. It gets a little, gets a little different. Yeah, people are hitting a little early. Well, no, we don't. We don't know that for sure. But I'm just saying, we get we get a you uh, uh, eclectic group. Of individuals like so around this keep time. Keep your mouth down and yeah, shut, yeah, boy. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different. So yeah, uh, but as far as you know, AJ's coach uh, leadership style <laughs> regroup. Yeah, you got to figure out. You have to figure out how to make that conducive to everybody in the locker room. You know, even the quarterback, if that's the case. And you have to allow this quarterback, whatever his his uh, leadership style is, to grow into that. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's that, and that's well, there you go, Hugh. I think that was well someone reminded for there. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm looking at the three. No, I'm just saying, man. I mean, you you got to you know, you just got to you know adapt. There you go. You got to roll with the punches. Got to roll say. with the punches. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Now we got some internal business that we need to take care yeah. of here, uh, Hugh. Now, Kyle, you were you were explaining a little bit of this yes. to me during the break. What what do we need to do here? Who do we need to hold accountable? This is new information to me, but uh, our resident jolly sleuth here, Mike Angelina. Mike Angelina knows everything that's said on this station <laughs> My, at any time of day. Yeah. Has uncovered some, some dirt here. that This has happened, uh, I'm assuming, over the weekend here on our airwaves, WIP, but... This, this feels like a big day of holding people accountable for their words, their actions, etc. Uh, I got two cuts here. So both are a conversation with Jolly and the same caller. His name's Dominic in Denver. And uh, I'll play you this, this first cut. It's just a little bit of a back and forth between Jolly and this caller. And then uh, I'll explain a little bit more. So Jolly and Dominic in Denver. What, is this, what did the Denver Broncos do to make Peyton Manning win? They hired, they fired John Fox. John Fox had them on the on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. He was fired the year after being in a Super Bowl, by the way. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He got to the Super Bowl in 2015, gone in 2016. He wasn't. No. We'll pretend he wasn't. No, I'm not. (laughs) Uh, Look it up. You look it up. He was the coach of Houston. What are we talking about? Dominic, we're talking the irrelevance with other teams 10 years ago that has nothing to do with this team. So pretty spicy there from Jolly and Dominic in Denver. Uh, now, I'm not sure if this is both from this weekend or one was last weekend and this one well, was now, from this what, weekend. What was Jolly's argument there, that John Fox was the coach of that team? I, I'm, I'm assuming that they're talking about, fi- like, had they fired Nick Sirianni, if they would you know, be better off winning the Super Bowl or have a better chance to win the Super Bowl with a new coach mm-hmm. or something like that. So I guess what got mixed up there was, was the timeline of John Fox and Gary Kubiak in Denver. Uh, so th- that was that exchange, and then there was a follow-up to that. I'm assuming the last time Jolly was on air, he gets another phone call from his buddy Dominic in Denver, and here's how that went. Dominic in Denver is on WIP. What's up, Dom? Hey, Jolly. How you doing? Good, thank you. Um, I have an Eagles point, but I also, I also want to uh, correct you on a couple weeks ago we had a discussion on who was the uh, – the coach of the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl, it was Gary Kubiak. So you you said it was uh, John Fox, but anyway. No, I didn't. Um, I never what, find me that tape, and I'll give you a million dollars. I never, oh, no, ever, no, ever, oh. ever, ever said John Fox was a head coach of the Broncos. Oh, absolutely, never, you did. Ever, I'm going to hang up on you, Dominic, because I hate people okay. lying no, and no, making don't, stuff don't. up. And you're lying and making something up, so people who didn't hear it then okay, will think differently. Okay, okay, okay. Stop Forget it. That then. Wait a minute. Oh, so no. Jolly got his he, – he forgot what he said. Well, 
Jolly's out a million dollars. Jolly owes that guy a million dollars. That's Boy, a rough look, man. Jolly gonna fight you, Kyle. <laughs> he gonna fight you. If if there was ever a thought whether or not Jolly liked you or not, he probably don't like you after. This. Well, I mean, it's really Mike. Let's be honest. That's if Jolly's true. mad it, at anybody. Be be mad at Ike. Well, like, look. I, I, well, we're all in the business of taking accountability. Yes, I'm the are. one that brought this to your attention. I'm playing it on the airwaves. So, Jolly, I mean, you know. I, I guess so to you, use want jo- the, you want the smoke. I want the smoke to, to use Jolly's own words. Come on, big boys. Give me a holler. <laughs> give me a, ho- give <laughs> a holler. Give me a holler. Uh, you think you're going to call in? Well, the end of the show? I, I'm not sure. Jolly, I think Jolly's a, a catcher-upper because, you know, he's got the later shifts and stuff. So we yeah, might so he get, probably sleep. We might get a tweet or two from Jolly later on, but uh, I'm curious to, to see the resolution of this because Dominic Endeavor is owed a million dollars. Dominic Endeavor is about to be a very rich man. <laughs> a rich man. I, I wish I was Dominic Endeavor right now. You have a how uh, you clean that up though when you make a mistake like that. How do you clean that up? Well, that's the thing. Like it, everybody makes mistakes. That's why unless you're supremely confident, you can't tell a guy you pay him a million dollars. I'll tell you what you do. You double down. You triple down. <laughs> all of it. Just, just and never you, back in your down. story. Stick stick to your story. Never admit it. Jolly's just going to go on and change like John Fox's Wikipedia page or something to say he was the coach. You can change the Wikipedia page. You can do that. So maybe maybe that's the route he goes. But yeah, it was Gary Kubiak, coach in 2015. So congratulations to Dominic in Denver uh, for for winning that. And I am sorry, Jolly. Yeah. But it had to be done. Not really. Shame on you. Shame (laughs) on you, Kyle. Shame on you. Let's go to Mike and Voorhees. What's up, Mike? What you got, Mike? Mike. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 